And now for our feature presentation. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the host show, Five Smooth Songs. How are y'all doing tonight? Uh, you listen to Brother Seth. If you don't know that, surely you should. I know I've been away for a minute, uh, but folks, trust me, I'll get into it a little later, but I need to take a well-deserved break. A lot of things going on, and sometimes you just need to get away from it all. So uh, I'm, I'm back, and uh, we're going to start uh, hopefully programming like we used to, but we'll just kind of ease back into it. There's a lot going on. And sometimes it's just overwhelming to try to keep up with everything, especially when people halfway think you're cuckoo because you want to know what's going on. You want to be a, res- a responsible human being or a responsible spiritual being and and take uh, the proper, um, what shall I say, authority and begin to start revealing things and uh, exposing some things because I believe that's what the Most High put us down here for, at least some of us. So uh, after you do that for a while, you can get a little tired and maybe even burn out. And I think that's what I experienced along with some other things going on personally. So anyway, I'm back. Like I said, Five Smooth Stones is back. The website been up, uh, up and running. Uh, information is out there if you want it. Uh, um, again, do you all remember the website? Do you all remember the website? Anyway, um, before I go any further, let me give you all the name to the website. It's um, www.5smoothstones.webs.com, 5smoothstones.webs.com. That's pretty easy, ain't it? Well, go there, join the site, um, email each other, talk to each other, uh, partake of the information there, add to information there. Iron Sharpen Iron, you know. Uh, it's just a little site. Uh, I don't do much to it. I don't build it up like I probably should. Again, I've kind of taken a vacation from all, all this um, this lot of work, to be honest with you. Just kind of got away from this whole, just, just kind of like a little break. So anyway, we're back uh, to uh, reveal more of God's love to his people, starting with myself. Um, testimony to to those of you that will listen, and I'm more than happy to hear your testimony, hear what the Father is doing, because true, if it's not about the Father, we're just wasting our time. If what we talk about tonight does not build relationships with the Most High, encourage relationship with the Most High, strengthen relationship with the Most High, tempt you to even getting a relationship with the Most High, Brother Seth has dropped the ball, and he is wasting time. But I can assure you, uh, when we get through with the show tonight, me and the guests that I'm going to have on, if you don't have a relationship with the Most High, you will be definitely tempted and uh, hopefully convicted into doing so. If you do have a relationship with the Most High, hopefully the information that we share tonight will make things clear as to what he's doing in your life, not that we have all the answers. We certainly, certainly do not. Let me say that again real slow. Not that we have all the answers, okay? Sometimes when you talk with authority, because we do know what we're talking about, the things we do talk about, and sometimes when you talk with authority, people 
take it as though you think you know it all. That's not the case at all. Um, the more I learn, the less I know, as one person say. And go figure that one out. But it's so much to learn, so much to know, so much the Most High is doing on the planet. And we're just servants servants that are trying to just reveal the love of the Father in various stages of our life and different things we're finding out he's doing on the planet, at the same time revealing the evil one who is constantly accusing the Father of being the opposite of what he say in the scriptures say. So we try to expose uh, entities like the one world government. We try to expose lies in the church. We try to expose lies even among our own people. And our own people meaning so-called black people, so-called African-Americans, which is nothing more than Israelites. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But again, how is everybody doing? I don't want to jump too fast, go too fast. I'm going to slow this train down. How is everybody doing? I hopefully, I know y'all can't all talk back at the same time, but hopefully those of you in the chat room, and thank you for being there on time early. And those of you on the phone line, thank you for being there on time early. Uh, hopefully y'all will share tonight uh, the goodness of the Father. You know you're required to do so as a believer. We are required to testify of his goodness. And that's all Brother Seth is doing by way of this blog, just testifying. I know we get off into a lot of different conversations, but really my true heartfelt intentions in doing these shows is just to testify what the most I have done in my life, how this truth have helped me. Now, it don't mean that every single aspect of my life and my family's life and in every area of my being is just 100% uh, wholesome. It's not true. You know, the Bible says, Christ said, man shall live by every word. Every word. Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. So I only have some words. Hopefully you have some words to give me that will help me live a more wholesome, productive, uh, encouraging, successful life. Uh, that's why we're not supposed to be out unto ourselves. We are supposed to fellowship with the brethren. Hopefully you can share some things with me because tonight, definitely, we're going to share them with you. So like I said earlier, Brother Gary Ellison is going to be my guest again tonight. We have been doing a show, he and I, and Brother uh, Yeshua of Cincinnati, and Brother Carl was with us the first night, uh, but since then it's been Brother Terry and Brother Gary, excuse me, Brother Yeshua. It goes by Brother Yeshua. Terry is his old, his old name. But his Hebrew name that he is claiming is uh, Brother Yeshua. This brother has been with us for uh, all the shows except, I think, one or two. So anyway, uh, tonight I'm just going to be Brother Gary. And uh, me and his brother go way back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just want to just uh, open up the show by... Just apologizing for being gone because some of y'all have tuned into the show and nothing has happened. Nobody was on on the line. I, I see it. I see it in the archives where several people tried to click on the show because you know we can see that and nobody was there. And I apologize, you know. But uh, folks, I had to just take that break 
And uh, I just wish that I didn't do it so abruptly because a lot of you really was liking the show. And, and I would probably get offended if somebody who I really was looking forward to every week just didn't show up. And I apologize, but I really had to do that. And uh, we're back, and we'll start the program. Just kind of watch the website, watch the blog talk, my front, front page. And the best thing is, is sign up, get your phone number out there, and uh, get on the list. And you'll get a text when it's time for the show. That way you won't miss. You'll get a text. Now, I know y'all have had some false alarm. You got a text and we weren't here. But keep getting those texts. And uh, in the future, we will hope to not have false alarms. If I'm not going to be on, I just simply won't send you a text like I've been doing. That was an automated system doing it. Again, I apologize. So we want to give our friends uh, that definitely we know what's coming by and that always show for our shows a little bit more time. Uh, some of them are already in the house. We want to give others uh, time to come and partake of uh, what we're about to get into. So I just want to um, just, again, uh, just thank the most, uh, thank yeah, for sure thank the most high, but I want to thank you all for being on time. Those of you that's already on time listening, those of you, those of you that have been following the shows, joining the website, emailing each other on the website, talking to each other, posting pictures, audio, video, uh, documents, whatever you've done on that website, uh, com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, I just don't know what I can say other than just thank you. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And, uh, y'all, tonight, like I said, this is part, really part six of, uh, of this show dealing with uh, Israel. Uh, the first show, we talked a lot about how we knew we were Israel based upon Scripture. We got into the Scripture a whole lot. Y'all got, I know, over 50 Scriptures. Um, just talking about proof, way over 50, probably over 100. Just different Scriptures talking about how we know we're Israel. We're not twisting Scriptures now. We're talking about the, the show enough word of the Most High declaring who Israel is, where they are, what they're going through, how they look, what they will be saying, Literally describing our people down to the T. That was the first show. My, my, my. We laid it out, didn't we? Those of you that missed out, really and truly, that show is a prerequisite to this show. You really, as much as I would like you to listen tonight, this show tonight probably won't make that much sense without hearing part one, two, three, four, and five. Part one, again, was uh, how do we know we Israel proving it with the scriptures? And then part two. Anybody remember what part two was? Anybody remember? <laughs> part two was dealing with proving we are the true biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob without the scriptures. Without the scriptures. Somebody said, well, how do you do that when if there was no scriptures, there was no Israel? Basically, what that second show was is proving and showing through science and common sense and a lot of other things outside of the scriptures that it was how that a white group of people, a white nation, could not have been anything in an ancient way. In other words, Europe is a baby. It could not have been Israelites. They cannot, uh, white skin, 
and I, I hate to say they because it, it causes division, and there is no they, us versus them. We are them. They are us. There is no white-skinned people. There is no white race. There is no black race. There is no race based upon color. This is all false teachings by Satan himself, created straight from the, from the pit of hell. No such thing as a people based upon race. No such thing as a class of people based upon race. There's a such thing as people based upon region. The Bible uh, talks about 70 nations, but never does the scriptures address a nation based upon race. So we do not, I definitely do not acknowledge race based upon colors, no such thing. So having said that, there is no such thing as a white nation of ancient descent. I mean, going all the way back is what I mean. Of course, Europe has been around a long time with white-skinned people, but the white skin as a, as a nation is what's new. The beings, those souls that, that, that have white skin, is ancient as Adam and Eve. But the skin itself, talking about the bodies, white-skinned bodies of masses like a nation Europe is today is brand new. And a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. Those of you all that went to the, the Harvards and the Yales and the MITs, because those institutions will tell the truth. They don't have to worry about their reputation. They got enough funding. They don't worry about a dropout, a student dropout rate, a protest, any of that. And when you get colleges like that, the Harvards, the Yales, the, the finer institutions, they talk about this all the time. As a matter of fact, some of these black professors like Leonard Jeffries, uh, Dr. Ben Van Sertima, uh Cornell West, uh, Dr. Ben Yakanar, a lot of these people teach in these institutions I'm talking about. They're on staff. The people that are fueling this, the whole Afrocentricity movement back when it first started, these names, these people that charge you $10,000, $20,000 for a lecture, these people are teaching in some of the finest institutions. They're being taught they're teaching these very truths we uh, uh, that they that they share when they go all over the world. They sharing the same truth with young white males and women every single day, young white males and females every day in these institutions. Why did I say that? I said that to say these institutions, these 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 serious institutions. Again, they don't have to fear about losing uh, students have told the truth, continue to tell the truth. Africa is a cradle of civilization. All people started out brown colored skin, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, God made men out of the dust of the earth. But I don't want to get too deep into that. I don't want to get too deep into that. We will get deep into that in a minute. Right now, I just want to go ahead and take a short little break and just allow some of our brothers and sisters to, to join us. We'll just play a quick little song here and uh, just give them a little bit more time. And then what we'll do after that, we'll come back and uh, start the show. So, again, it's good to be back. It's good to see uh, so many uh, people uh, uh, supporting us uh, on Facebook, uh, saying, hey, where is uh, where is the show at? What happened? And where are y'all at? So many people inquiring about a Five Simple Stone, just, just trying to figure what in the world is going on. It is so good to know that people that you're missed because we I've been doing this now for almost two years and 
well, it's been two years. And uh, it's just good to know that so many people have been tuning into these shows. Part The last part we did, part five, got over 8,000 listens all by itself, 8,000. I don't know. Some of y'all may say that's not a lot, but somebody might say, oh, that's crazy. Back in the day when I used to do 200 a day or 100 a day, 8,000 for one show is crazy. But, yes, our last show, we were able to get 8,000 listens. That is really, really good. So thank you all again for for just, just being there and being concerned and, and pursuing that relationship with the Most High because if it ain't about that, if it ain't about that, if it's not about that, we are wasting our time. We'll be right back. This is Byron Cage. Lord, how are they
Okay, folks, we're back. Again, we want to thank you for tuning in to Five Smooth Stone. This is Brother Seth. Yes, we've been away on a break. Some of you have missed us. Some of you may not have liked that. And I do apologize for the abrupt um, break, but we needed to take it. Uh, you know, sometimes just didn't. Warring, warring, warring for any soldier is not good. Sometimes you just need to get away from the battle and get your mind on something completely different for a season. It's really hard just looking at all the ills and all the things happening in our society, and especially, especially if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're one of those persons, like I've been, kind of a little bit, uh, for lack of a better word, carnal, not always sharpened, not always sensitive, not always um, polished, and you're studying these things, it can overwhelm you very, very fast because there are people that are possessed with Satan. Can I have your attention, please? This is a pre-recorded message. I have been disconnected from Blog Talk Radio. I'm trying to call back right now. I've created this message for time disease. 
So please be patient. I'm trying to call back. Again, we've been disconnected. And uh, I am trying to call back. All right? Okay, sorry about that. Um, I was disconnected, but I'm back. Uh, that's why I played. That's why I had the little recording set just for moments like this. But I am back. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I don't know what happened. The call just dropped. You know, and as long as we're calling in on these cell phones and and, and it, these phone calls can drop. So I always tell the listeners if if you ever I stop talking, uh, you hear that little uh, video I just the little audio I just played. I'll play that clip until I call back. But uh, we do have our guests in the house, uh, Brother Gary, and I just want to uh, go ahead and uh, uh, pull him on the line. Uh, without further ado, I uh, just want to remind everybody the shows, uh, the uh, what can I say, what can we call this, uh, the rules with regards to the show, okay? Uh, please be respectful at all times tonight. Uh, whenever we have these shows, we bring out sometimes the, the worst of people. And uh, I'm just asking everybody tonight to please, please be patient. We love all people. And sometimes the way we say things and do things may not always seem like that's what's uh, in our heart. But I know for a fact, Brother Gary, it's not a hate monger, neither am I. We don't disrespect or hate anybody. And we. 99% of the time I say present ourselves to where people can get that message, but sometimes when the truth hits you so hard and so strong, it sounds like hate. When you start hearing people talking about the biblical characters with black and dark-skinned people, first thing people say, because we're loving people, I'm talking about black folks, the people I know, the first thing a lot of uh, people that look like me say, well, what about the white people? You know, Because we don't want to be offensive. But just because we put out there who the true Israelites were and how these people were dark-skinned people doesn't mean that we're just trying to uh, cut anybody else out of history or anything like that. We just simply tell the truth. And we have talked about in length how we became the different colors. What we got to remember is white people is not a team. White people is not a group. White people is not a nation. It's no such thing. It just so happens to be a region of people in a certain area happens to be white, but there are some people with that same white skin that's part of a black nation, and you better not say they're white. There's some people in India that look just like white. You can't tell them the difference. So does white skin belong to so-called white people? No. No such thing as a white person based upon uh, a white skin based upon race. I know that's a little different than some of y'all have been taught. But that's why you tune in tonight because you got some brothers that's gonna really lay it out there in love and respect and uh more importantly, uh scripturally. So uh brother Gary, I'm gonna go ahead and open your phone line. Uh, are you there? Brother Gary Ellison. Yes, shalom everyone. Shalom, brother Seth, what's going on? <clears throat> uh shalom, peace, my brother. When we say shalom everybody, we just mean peace. Don't get we don't get don't get spooky or something spooky on this and and I want to also just remind everybody that the Hebrew, if I, if I can only talk tonight, the Hebrew New Year is upon us, and I want to just wish a Happy New Year's out to all of those that go by the real New Year uh, or the New Year as kept by the Israelites, the New Year those that go by the lunar cycle set forth in the Scriptures um, for Israel. Uh, for thousands of years they have acknowledged 
and celebrated their New Year's around this time of the year. After all, it makes more sense, don't it, Brother Gary, to celebrate a New Year when when it's beginning to get hot. It just seemed like the beginning of something versus in the middle of the cold winter, January 1st, celebrate New Year's. What do you feel about that? Um, um, When you look at it, I mean, just the natural order of things, it makes a lot of sense the fact that if we're going into spring, everything is springing forward, everything is coming alive, that will be more consistent with just the natural order if you're looking at the newness of you know a new season, the new revolution of seasons where we go winter, spring, summer, fall. So, and of course with Scripture, you know, that, that which is the standard and, that, and that's what really dictates the course of the day is that, yes, the new year uh, is more inclined to... The middle of the middle of March, you know, and somewhere time close to where the uh, traditional church celebrates uh, what they call Easter, you know. But um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes sense to anybody if if you would just even look. At, I mean, not to even, of course, the the fact that we have a record of it in in the in the biblical history. That's enough to know that this is the way the seasons flow. But just the fact that if you just look at the natural course and the order of things, it just makes sense that if we're going to spring, springing forth and everything is becoming new, that that would be the new year as opposed to our new year being January 1st when we're basically almost in the thick of winter and everything is, you know, the leaves are died off, the grass is brown. So, <laughs> Yeah, and y'all listen to the one and only Brother Gary Ellison, again, my guest on tonight's show. Just talk a little bit about the New Year, the Hebrew New Year. I know some of y'all don't don't celebrate it, don't know about it, but there you have it. Those are some facts. There are people all over the world. This is really the only time that the Israelites, the people that are the true Israelites, bloodline Israelites. Now, I know that the Most High is looking for even higher order by the Spirit. That don't mean some of us bloodline Israelites don't necessarily meet that criteria. We understand what the Father is looking for, and now he has been grafted in the spirit of Jew. So before y'all go there with us, just know we know that. But all over the planet, there are natural biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Still following the lunar cycle, still looking to, looking for that uh, new moon, and after the, uh, the, the barley has ripened, and they do have a big celebration this time every single year and have been doing it for hundreds and if not thousands of years way before so-called Israel became a nation. So anyway, Brother Gary, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, just here um, trying to make sure I maintain my focus. Um, I used to be a nocturnal person up at all hours of the night all the time, but uh, I guess about a couple of years ago it kind of changed. So normally this time I'm in the, the, the Thick heat of my sleep, so to speak, because I usually wake up about four thirty-five each morning. But I'm doing well. I'm doing good. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I admire you for that. I'm still struggling in that area. I'm a night owl and probably don't need to be. But anyway, I've been talking before you called in. I've just been kind of uh, just talking to the people about different things, and I wanted to before I um, go any further. I want us to kind of recap on. Well, first, first let me back up. I'm moving a little too slow, too fast. First, what is uh, your intention. I know what my intention has been, but but what do you intend on uh, doing uh, tonight? What is what is our intention to the people tonight? Uh, I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about that. Our intention, our purpose. What is the goal of tonight's show? I think I'll go first, and then you can just uh, kind of ride behind me. 
with whatever you feel in your spirit. But we've talked before, everybody, just so you all know, we have talked before the show. And I want everybody to be very clear as to what the mission is tonight. So I'm going to say it, and Brother uh, Gary will come behind me and uh, share the same thing, but in his own way. Now, tonight, like I said earlier, first and foremost, if what I say does not encourage you to have a relationship with the Most High, strengthen your relationship with the Most High, um, celebrate your relationship already that you have with the Most High, uh, then we'll drop the ball. We're wasting time. I mean, for real, for real, we're wasting time. Uh, I know this information has helped me tremendously with my relationship with the Most High. It doesn't mean every single aspect of my life is in line. Does not mean that. This is not a revelation that is going to be a one fix all. Christ said, Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. So tonight we're going to just present a truth or two. And those truths, if they're applied and taken and swallowed and digested, will present freedom in those particular areas with every truth coming degree of freedom. Tonight our goal is to share the Father's love by way of identifying who his people are and what and how they are to live today. Lots of people have come into the revelation of who Israel is. They know everything we're going to say tonight about the scriptures purporting to African Americans and to other people all over the planet that are living out these these descriptions and characteristics set forth in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus uh, 26, I believe, where it talks about the various curses and, and the things that's going to be upon Israel if they disobey. If they disobey, if they disobey, but if they obey, how these blessings will come upon them and over, overwhelm them, over uh, just overpower them as a nation. Uh, how they'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Everything they would touch will be blessed. There'll be limbers and not bars. Y'all know about the blessings, but very few people know about the curses that's supposed to be upon Israel as long as they exist if they disobey. So, uh, we've looked at those curses and, and, and pinpointed who it was talking to. Again, this is part one. We can't get into it now. Folks, you got to go back and listen to part one to hear of all of those diff- different characteristics, those prophecies, and how the African Americans and certain other people scattered throughout the planet that are living out these characteristics, I mean 100%. They're like the Cinderella, the slip of fits, okay? That was covered in part one. So, Again, to, the, the show tonight is to talk about uh, 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 the Father uh, reveal these people, and, and more so to, than just reveal, because that's what part one, two, and three was about revealing. But tonight we want to hit a little bit about the, the, who they are and how we know who they are, but we also want to get into those that already know who they are, how they're supposed to live. We want to definitely answer that question. So when we've got we have gotten done tonight, hopefully many of you that don't have a relationship with the Most High but that do see who the true Israelites are will be uh, compelled by the love that yeah, the Most High have for His people, and you will see how to live out as an Israelite uh, this new identity. If you are an Israelite, now if you're not an Israelite, you're looking on, you're just somebody spying on me. Uh, you just just listen. You heard, you see the subject, and you popped your head in. Hopefully, you'll be able to see how great this love story is, and how powerful the Father's 
feelings are towards his people that he will enslave them for so many years and have them scattered throughout the nations in boats and ships and go through slavery. No, it was not the white man that ordered slavery. It was the white man that was used to carry it out. The Most High said, because I've done so much for you, Israel, you are to pass this down to all generations, and you are to celebrate your relationship with the Father joyously and happily. Israel was not just supposed to obey the Father. They were supposed to be a happy people and tell the nations about his love. And, and they were supposed to live this thing, and if they didn't, these people will suffer. The, the, the prophets set forth, the curses set forth in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 and all throughout the Bible, really. So tonight, that's the goal, to entice you to have a relationship with the Most High, to encourage you if you already have a relationship with the Most High, to encourage you to, to stay and go even stronger. And if you already have one, to help you understand what exactly the Father is doing with his people. Whether you're inside of Israel or outside looking in, you can learn from this love story. I mean, we all do, don't we? We look at all love stories all the time, and we're not a part of the love story, but we are inspired by them. And so this is going to show the world, if they was listening tonight, the true love of the Father for his people and that how his people rejected him and he engrafted in the whole planet. So it is an amazing, amazing story. Brother uh, Gary, before I get too long-winded, go ahead and, and just answer the same question. What is your goal, uh, mission, purpose for this show tonight? Well, I would say that... Um taking in consideration that we've done a number of shows here to this point and that in order for this show not to become redundant and repetitive of things that we've already went over, that uh, my approach or standpoint is that it's from one when we're dealing with the prophetic and understanding that, you know, we're living in prophetic times. And that by default implies that if we're in any part of the body, the body of Christ, because if, whether we're Israel or not, it all comes to what is important is that we are a part of the body because when we talk about Israel, as the scripture clearly declares, not all who's who, not all of Israel who are actually Israel. And a true Israelite indeed is that who is the elect of Israel. And so that means that we're part of the body. We're part of the body of Christ. And so <clears throat> with that being said is that what's central and what's primary at this time when we look at the dispensation of, of the events of the things that were supposed to unfold in the prophetic scriptures, that we are in the end times. We uh, knew that the end times, quote-unquote, quote began actually ever since uh, the Messiah's ascension. But now we're coming to the combination of that. And it's obvious if we just you know look with the the signs, the indications from the scriptures of the things that the Messiah said what would happen, things that would take place. So that being said, that means that we should be primarily very evangelistic because that means that the curtain is about to close and fall on on this dispensation, and we're about to go into a point where you know the earth is going to, the world is going to come into judgment, and then from that point we go into the millennial reign. But the point where we're at right now speaks expressly that we're about the close of Gentile salvation. Scripture says that in Romans uh, 10 and I think it's 11.25, in regards to Israelites, it says that um, 
Israel has been in part blinded, you know, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And then the Most High would turn his face back to Israel. And so I think that we live in a very a very challenging time, a very exciting time, that if we take this responsibility, and that's what I would say that more than anything, that if you're an Israelite, I know a lot of people come into this and, and, and just understanding who we are, understanding our heritage, understanding our history, understanding that we are special and significant in the fact that our history is recorded in the most popular, long-standing book of all times, and that's the Bible. That in itself speaks to any identity crisis and self-esteem issues that we have as a group corporately. So that should address that. So the thing is that now we're knowing that, what do we move forward? Well, the thing is, is that, that we have an ultimate responsibility because Scripture says that uh, when we talk about Israel, you know, has God forgotten Israel? No, God forbid. <clears throat> uh, you know, the thing is, is that this, what, what was given to Israel, all the promises, the covenants, they were given first to Israel. So what that says, that implies we have a greater responsibility. We now are supposed to be the primary evangelist in the earth. So that means we have a greater responsibility, and we should have a full understanding and knowledge and concept of uh, who the Father is, what he has declared and decreed to us from his word. And the fact that we are the elect of Israel means that if we're the elect, then that means that the Most High has graced us with an understanding and an insight and revelation into his will, which is his word, into his time. So, again, we have a greater responsibility. This is not just something to say I'm a part of something. This is, you know, okay, I'm in the new thing, the end thing. No, this is all about taking the responsibility of who we are as a people. From the beginning, his intention was is that he would raise up a nation of priests who would show forth his glory throughout the earth. Uh, Peter wraps it up. He says what? Well, he says we are, we are raw nation of holy priesthood who have called out of, been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to show forth to the world what? The glory, the testimony of him. That was our responsibility in the beginning. That's our responsibility now. And I was saying in order for the, us to do that, we live in a climate where religiously, when we're dealing with things of religion and theology, that there are so many voices. So I would say one of the main things is, is that now that you know who you are, accept that responsibility, embrace it, and that means study to show yourself approved, one that's not to be ashamed, but one who can stand in any ground and in any uh, arena and declare and decree the works of God and the glory of God to this generation. So I would say more than anything, responsibility. Okay, and, and, and that, that that is what I, another thing I hope that people get out of this show, and I thank you for answering that question, uh, the purpose and the mission of the show tonight. Uh, but another thing I hope people get out of this show is tools, scripturally, uh, tools. Uh, hopefully, we're, when we talk, we don't give just scriptures. We, we, our number one purpose, number one tool we give out is scriptures, but we also give you some common sense things that you can share. Uh, in other words, I call them roots. We'll say something that just makes so much sense you just can't deny it, and it's not a Bible verse. It's just common sense, such as how is a, a group of white people, as white as those people are in Jerusalem, living under that hot sun, how could they ever be any part of the Bible? 
in the Bible, history was was carried out right there in that hot, sunny desert. That's where all of the Bible pretty much unfolds, under that heat. How could lily white people from Europe be the true chosen people of the book? And this is with much respect and love for all people. Again, the show tonight is full of respect, will be full of respect for all people. I'm just simply asking questions many of you have been thinking ever since she was a child, including those people. Don't think a lot of Israelis' children haven't thought this themselves. As a matter of fact, I'll share a quick story. When I was in the land of Israel, I you know, would go every year for about eight years. I told, talk about this all the time, but one of the particular years I was getting ready to board the plane, and in the uh, Tel Aviv airport there is this one, uh, they got a real nice concourse now, and this young lady was, I was right at the coffee shop, uh, the big coffee shop right there, and, and she was looking at me and staring at me, and just this young girl, <laughs> y'all, I'm telling you, if you, there's so many reasons to go to Israel. Other than, even if you're not interested in none of this, what we're talking about. Just going to Israel and seeing the behaviors of these people, you can learn without even the scriptures. When something is true, you can prove it a lot of ways. You don't have to just always go to the scriptures. The scriptures is what we're supposed to, uh, as a check and balance for the believer, but really and truly, the whole planet is speaking truth. But anyway, this young lady just uh, finally couldn't handle it, and she just finally told me. She asked me, uh, so where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from the States. She said, what part of, where are you from? What part of the United States? And I told her, uh, uh, I don't know if she asked me the first question was, where are you from or what part of the United States, but something to that effect. Anyway, I ended up telling her where I was from, and then, she began to ask me about our beliefs because she knew why why I was there. You know how she knew? Because the whole airport was full of black people. And the was about four, three times a year, the airport in Tel Aviv is full of black people. One of them is in July when the Israelites come and they have this thing. Uh, when, the, uh, when people like me that believe we Israel go to Jerusalem, and we go down south, uh, south Israel to Demona. And so she knew by all those hundreds and hundreds of people coming through that airport that you, you were with the Demona crowd. And so she was just dying to know what I believe. And so she was looking at me, and it, was a, it wasn't a confident, arrogant look that you used to get from the Israelis. This young lady looked like she was intimidated by me. And she said, well, how do you believe, what do you believe about the Messiah? And I told her, I was, you know, Bahabali's about the Messiah. I told her I was some Israelites. And well, you got to understand when you say to an Israeli girl, I was with the Israelites. I'm an Israelite. You got to understand what you're saying to her. You're saying, I am the chosen. I am bloodline Israel. And without you even saying this, you're also saying to her, you are not. In a kind way, you're saying to her, I, Beta Israel, are the chosen, are the real Israelites. She didn't argue with me. She didn't get upset with me, but that woman, she looked so intimidated. It wasn't because I was older, because I was a few years younger. 
Because these people, you got to, and I wish, Fair. Brother Gary, yeah, just real you quick, know. real quick. I wish people could see how intelligent these young Israelis are. They're not intimidated by nobody. And for them to back down, that's major. Go ahead. I would say that she was actually uh, living out prophecy right before you. Because um, when you're in a situation like that and you look down, it's real simple. That that that's an that's a, a body language. That's indication of humility, of humble himself. Scripture clearly says it says those who say they're Jews but are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. It says that they will come and bow down before you. A lot of people think that that you know uh, Hebrew Israelites. They that's, have Reve- bad that's Revelation. That's Revelation. Just so everybody know that. Just so everybody knows Revelation three and nine. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of Hebrew Israelites, when they think of that, they look at that in the thing of uh, one being superior to the other. It's a thing of, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's almost kind of like the slavery thing. And they look at it from a negative light. But they don't really see the whole, see, you know, every scripture is connected to another scripture. The scripture is a whole. It's a woven pattern. And when you, what you just said was, is, is really was, again, it was like a prologue of her living out revelation before you because her bowing before you, really what it was saying, it was like, I'm in the presence of a true Israelite. And I'm in the presence of a person who is the last to be thought of as a true Israelite. And there's something within my consciousness that acknowledges this. And I, I must humble myself. Literally, I, who have been given this position, of exaltation by the world, by status of the fact that I am supposed to be ethnically an Israelite, a Jew, I must now humble myself because I'm in the presence of the authentic. And when the scripture says that they shall come and it says that they shall humble, they shall bow before you, literally that's what it's meaning because the world is going to one day soon recognize for the good or for the bad that we are Israel. Or we will one day be acknowledged throughout the whole wide world that we are Israel. That's why it says that the world is going to be, they're going to be in shock because I was going to realize these people who have been beat down for hundreds of years, thousands of years, oh my God, this is Israel. So what you just described, that story, that little incident, you just basically gave us a living, walking out, living manifestation, testimony of Scripture. And folks, I didn't, I didn't even look at it like that, but I'm telling y'all, I tell people all the time, y'all got to go to Israel. You don't listen to the media. When you first get there, you're going to get a shock because Israel is a very dark-skinned land once you get outside of Jerusalem where the cameras and the security and all the guns is at. Now, as much as I try to do this, I always get off track, but it's still good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Brother Gary, I want you to help me tonight. Stay on track. Tonight we're talking about, all right, for those that for, for those that know we Israel, see we Israel, they went through the shows. They went through part one, how we talked about how we know we Israel using the scriptures, and they wrote down all of those verses. I don't know if we gave out a hundred verses. We probably got close, but they wrote in all those verses and said, "Man, this this just this got to be it. This is crazy. Look at all these scriptures. Listen, we can't twist that many scriptures, folks. Now, and then we begin to uh, talk about part two. We had the show part two, uh, you know, and again, I don't want to repeat these, so I'm just kind of naming these shows. Y'all got to go back and listen to them, okay? Uh, the first show we talked about in this series uh, was talking about how we know Israel. 
using the Bible. Part two, how we know we Israel, not using the Bible. Where somebody says, well, how in the world can you prove that without the Bible? Well, we basically laid the foundation that no white race could have existed back then, period. And we laid that to rest. So, you know, once you do that, it's still proving the same thing, okay? So they had to have been black because there was no white-skinned nation of people back thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Europe is a baby, a baby. Furthermore, there is no white people. There is no black people. There was, there is no such thing as the people based upon race. White skin is all over the planet. It's not just in Europe. So, you guys that believe in this teaching, the fact the white man is the white man, the theory is what? Because there is no such thing as a white man or a black man. There's people, and the Most High only acknowledge people based upon region and not skin color. Again, every dark-skinned nation have lily white people. How white you want them? Do you want them to have blonde hair? We can show you that. You want them to have red hair? We can show you that. You want narrow nose? We can show you that. You want small lips? We can show you that. You want big lips? We can show you that. Everything Europe has, all the nations, non-white nations have. So who really is a white person? Okay, that's part two. Part three, uh, we got into why it's important. Why in the world is it important? So what if we are? So what? All right. I see what y'all are saying. You and Brother Gary, Brother Yeshua did a wonderful job. I see it. I see it. I see it. Definitely there are today Israelites scattered throughout the four corners, living out the prophets in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 and all the other scriptures throughout the Bible. But what does that have to do with my baby, my children, my man, my, my bills, my job, my goals, my career? What does it have to do with 2013? A 14 or whatever the year is. What does it have to do? We go into that show. That's your show, part three, if you got those questions. And part four and five have been what we're talking about right now. Now that we know we are Israel, how do we live in 2013 or at the current time? How do we live? How do we live? How do we do we get involved with politics? Or I mean, what's the difference? How should an Israelite live? How do we look at business, Gary? How do we do business? How should we pursue just tomorrow, waking up at 5 o'clock as you say you get up? How should we, knowing that we Israel, what happens to our day that's different? And Brother Gary, last time he was on, said, really, it has not that much for me. And he talked about how he just looked at African Americans and people throughout the planet that's living out these curses. He just understand who they are. And it helps him understand why they're going through what they're going through. And he no longer believes that the that the father's beating up on these people. And I'll let Brother Garrett talk for his own feelings, but that's one of the things he shared. For me, I share the same sentiments. I mean, it, it, it really helped me understand why we are in America. Because some of y'all are really asking that question. Why would the most high allow a people to be brought here, the most spiritual people? The slaves was far more spiritual than their masters, far more praying and crying in those fields than what was happening in the big house. Why would a God allow a people to be it put in slaves so long and slavery so long, and they cry after him so much. What in the world is going on? I thought this was a peaceful God. I thought this was a peaceful Elohim, peaceful being. What? 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 
Some of you ask these questions again. You might need to go back to part one, part two, part three. But, again, tonight we want to nail down for the rest of the show, Brother Gary, help you stay on track because I'm telling you, it's so tempting to go back to part one and two and three. But tonight really is addressed to those that know their Israel, know their Israel beyond a shadow that you know it, and you're saying, how should we live? One of the things I want you to do, Brother Gary, because you've been so eloquent uh, in, in the last few sessions with this, is talking about how you see the Father. Let's start with the Father. How does this revelation impact how you see the Father? And more importantly, how we see righteousness. Because in the Old Testament, as Israelites, righteousness was one thing. And since Christ has come, righteousness is another thing. We we just uh, we are observing the New Year, the Hebrew New Year, and a lot of people are don't know quite how much of the law should we be doing. Here we are following the lunar month. We're watching for the new moon. A lot of people don't know what that means. So can you, Brother Gary, start this off really hitting on, now that we know we Israel, how do we live it out in 2013? Let's start with you, Brother Gary. Today, this is the season for the new year. How does it affect your your day? I mean, what does the new year do for you? Well, for one thing, what it says to me is, um, it's it's you know, got the Most High. When we look at um, <clears throat> the the ways of the Most High throughout the Scripture, especially in what we call the Old Testament. Uh, old covenant. Uh, I have. I like to say the old covenant because that's what the word testament means. Is that he deals in revolutions, and that uh, there's always a period to where there's a newness. There's a newness of life. There's a newness of opportunity. There's even talk about the time of jubilee, where all debts are excused, and there's a newness. So for me, I look at it in the same sense as the way that many of us looked at the new year when we. We're not aware of this information because we are uh, this truth, this this revelation. We looked at the new year as it's okay. This is the beginning of the new year. It's kind of like the thing is starting over. It's a new beginning. We're moving forward. So I had the same expectation. Now I just understand that my my hopes and my thoughts are now inconsistent with the timing of the Most High. And not just about religion and tradition or either a Roman calendar, but now I'm more flowing with the heartbeat of the Creator. I'm living my life in rhythm with the heartbeat of the Creator because I'm living my life in accordance to His timing and not the timing of man and not the timing that that man has described. So, therefore, um, um, my life is no longer altered by those, you know, dictates. Now I'm in flow, I'm in harmony, I'm in rhythm with with the, with the Creator in the way that He has designed things, and the way He has committed things to. to I mean, dedica- uh, dedicated things to flow. So that you know, when it comes to the new year, um, we talked about even how to, how we these things affect us. And and the change, and I would say this is that, you know, even looking at the Father, how do we relate to the Father? Um, One thing that's truly important is that understanding this information and now realizing that I am Israel, 
that my ethnicity is Israelite. Well, that caused me to go back and research the scriptures now from a different perspective. When I thought, when I looked at the the story, uh, the record of the uh, children of Israel coming into Egyptian bondage and coming out of that bondage after four hundred and something years, and and look at that and look at the things that take place. Now all of a sudden, I have a, a, a I, I can relate. Not can I just now relate to it, empathize with it. Now I can identify with it because those are my ancestors. Those people are my ancestors. Well, that in itself, just that motivation caused me to dig deeper into scriptures and something that I always had a problem with when you talk about relating to the Father when I just dealt with evangelical Christianity was that so many people would always look at Jesus as the Father. And I'm like, he is not the Father. Why do y'all do that? Why do you impose that on us? He is not the Father. He's the Son of the Father. And Jesus is himself is a human being that took up on, you know, eternity that, and, and revealed that and through us that, that human. It says the son is given. I mean, uh, you know, to us a child is born, but a son is given because the son existed before the creation of time. There is no beginning, and, no existence. And just, and, just, and just a clarification because I know people flipping out on Jesus, the whole thing. Folks, we do know there was no J in the Hebrew language, but the person who is portrayed in the Bible as Jesus we know that his name was not Jesus. We understand that. But we're dealing with people who are still at Jesus. And so out of respect for those people and their beliefs, which all of y'all come up under, allow us to say it the way it's wrote in the Bible. But yes, we know that it was Yahshua or the various pronunciation that's out there. We understand. Go ahead, Brother Gary. And, and also with that too, because I said people, because I refuse to be to as a minister of the gospel to capitulate to some type of politically correct form imposition on how the scriptures comes about, whether it comes from Hebrew Israelites or it comes from Christianity. And uh, let's just be real about it. We live in a nation. We live in a hemisphere which is called the Western Hemisphere, where these so many billions of people we speak exclusively English, and the Bible is real clear. That if I speak to you in a language and you do not understand, I come across to you as a barbarian. And when you speak to me, you speak to me as a barbarian. There is no understanding, so therefore there is no edification. So it's real clear. If I live in America, this is what you perceive the Messiah's name to be based upon your differentiation and translation, even though I know his name is Jehovah if we need to get Hebrew technically on that. And that's from the ancient Hebrew translation and not from some with this con- contemporary translation, which is which Yiddish and mixed up with two with two other different languages, and then when you come up with the name, you're not going to get no accurate name out of that either. So unless you know the ancient Hebrew, you're not getting the accuracy of his name. But what's really important is are the listeners, the people who are hearing, are they being edified? And that's what's significantly important on that fact, because these Hebrew Israelites, and they, this is our brothering, some of them can be very intimidating, but also at the same time unlearned and will try to impose something upon you. And as us who Coming out of a Christian background, many times we capitulate to that, and I would tell you, do not dare, because if you've been walking in truth to this this point, then guess what? You should not take that and be that be subject to some scrutiny. Sometimes to a people who don't have a near the degree of revelation that you have already gotten because of your relationship with the Father. But um, and, and 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 let me say this on that tip because you're gonna hear us a lot, folks, talking about Hebrew Israelite, and it's always gonna be probably most of the time it's gonna be negative. Let me just make sure, make sure y'all understand something. The founder of the Church of God in Christ believed that black folks was Israel. 
Bishop Mason. He had a, a, a high-ranking leader that joined the people in Demona. And if anybody knew him, Prince uh, Shalik, I can never say his name right, but this gentleman knew Bishop Mason. And a lot of these founders of a lot of the black churches, like the Baptist churches, and there's lots of uh, Denmark, uh, Vasey, I think it's his name, uh, and there's Vichy. lots of, uh, right, and I'm trying to think of uh, the Garveys of the world and, and, and Dr. Crowder, a prophet Crowder, who had a, a very large following, uh, I think, in Missouri. Uh, these are old, old, before our time, scholars that were saying before anybody even thought about being a nation in Israel that we are the descendants of the lost tribes of Israel. Garvey had a, uh, he was big on that. But uh, even before Garvey, so when we say Hebrew Israelite or Hebrews, don't think of the different people on Facebook, these young people that are saying all this silly stuff or getting off course, because some of them do. And you got to understand why they're offended and why they don't want to say the name of Jesus. Or, or they believe that he came and lived and died and rose and left and had a mother named Mary and all of that, uh, a lot of them. And a lot of that belief, a lot of that belief, a lot of that what they believe in regards to the name of Jesus and so forth, up to a great extent, has also been fueled by misinformation from many out of uh, out of what we would call our Hebrew Israelite camps. But those who are not really informed and educated in the truth, they've been misinformed because they do what I call a lot of paranoia teaching because they think that if you're saying Jesus, you associate that with the god Zeus. Well, you look at the timing of Zeus and all of that and look at it historically, you'll find that no, nothing could be further from the truth. Because they take it from the King James 11, 1611 Bible where it says a Zeus, and basically you don't have a, a J then, you just have an I where you have the J over his name, and they're thinking that that comes from Zeus. Well, first of all, you missed the boat because you don't understand that the King James 11, 1611 Bible is a translation not, not, I repeat, it is not from uh, supposed to be from the original manuscript, the Bible. It is. It is a lat. It comes from a Latin translation. That Latin translation came from a Greek translation. So by the time they get to the sixteen eleven King James translation, you went to at least for a minimum of four different translations. And so that's where they get confused and they're getting misinformed. And that's why I come, you know, when you said what's the, the, the matter of tonight, for me it came out of Romans 10.1. It says, my boys desires for Israel that they might be saved because I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but it's not according to knowledge. And for, for, 400, for, for 400 years we have had knowledge blinded from us. It's been illegal for us to get knowledge. And now, all of a sudden, now many of us coming into the greatest discovery in the history of mankind, and they stay with it, and they, and they sit somewhere in here and follow it on Facebook for three months, and now all of a sudden they elect themselves to be teachers. You're not teachers. And I'm one of those persons that I'm just bold and courageous enough because I say it humbly enough because I love you because I love Israel, just as Paul loved Israel, is because I want Israel to get the truth, is that I'm bold enough and I'll stand up and take the load and say, you're not teachers, you're not called to be teaching. Because of the way that you teach, the confusion that comes out of it, the strife and the dissension that is associated with it is indicative that if you are, if you are called, you have yet to be chosen. And the reason why I brought that up, Brother Gary, is I don't want people to 
to think before we get started that we're so unorganized and disconnected and all that. There are thousands upon thousands, if not millions of people all over the planet that acknowledge the true Israelites. So you don't go by a few little people on Facebook that don't want to say this or don't want to say that. So I don't want to just think, y'all, we're only talking to them tonight. We're talking to believers that don't know nothing about Hebrew Israelites. They just know we Israel because they listen to right. part one, part Absolutely. two, part three, and they're saying, okay, now that I know we Israel, how do we live? So I don't want to spend too much time talking about these people on Facebook, but we do love them because, believe it or not, folks, there's going to be a major movement. i got over 1,700 Facebook friends, and I'm telling you all right now, most of those friends are under 25 that are Israelites. So and, and that, and that's, these, that's people, very, that's these people you're going to have to deal with very soon. When they get to another five or ten years, I suspect that the church, the modern-day black church, will know beyond a shadow of doubt and will be preaching and will have instituted this teaching in their every week teachings. In other words... And that's why they, can't, that's why they cannot be ignored because the reality is this. The people who have walked in this revelation for years are starting to go home. They're leaving. That's just the reality. Death is a process. You know, it's a reality of this thing that we live in called life, and it's just a reality. They're starting to go home. And I would say that now... There, there is a, a responsibility. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? They're starting to go home. That wasn't clear why you said that. What do you mean? I mean the people, like a lot of the people that a lot of the people that you named earlier when you're talking about people, Bishop Mason and people even who, who are younger than Bishop Mason, who and uh, the the cherries and in the Elishas out of uh, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati and places like that. These people are starting to go home. They're dying off. As simple as that. And now what's going to happen is that if we do not address this and realize the need for 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 sound teaching and doctrine, but not just with sound teaching and doctrine, but the need also for a vision of understanding what is the – and that's what you're doing, Seth. You're fulfilling. You're helping to give people a sense of understanding a vision of where the Most High is trying to take this thing as to where we're at because it's not a thing. In other words, we exist by the reality of inclusion in the spectrum of God's prophetic end-time events. That's the most significant thing, because it's the most significant people that are the subject of end-time events are the same people who began this. It's Israel. So we have a we have a great responsibility. So no, do not dismiss the people on Facebook because those people represent the generation of people who are now coming into this information and is moving like 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 a wildflower wildfire and, and and acres and acres of land because of the fact technology is the wind that's blowing it. And the Holy Spirit is blowing it, but it's using technology, and it's just moving. And what's happening is that now if you're not versed, if you don't understand this, there's so many voices out there. And, again, when we go back to this, is they have a zeal of the Most High, but it's not according to knowledge. So we have a responsibility to bring the truth. And I think that the people who are listening in right now, it's not by happen chance or circumstance. But there is something within you that says, yes, this is what. Yahweh or Yahweh is doing. 
I want to be right in the central of it because it's something that's pulling me and driving me. And I have a hunger and a thirst for truth, a thirst for righteousness. And and so, therefore, I'm a part of this. And so, yes, you are, and you have a responsibility. And back to the point that you made about Brother Seth is how do I see the Father? For one thing, as a, the point I was making when I got off talking about the name is that this pressed me into really researching the scriptures. I really had to study the scriptures because of the fact that when you're dealing with people who sometimes may be motivated by false information, you got to know the truth. That's the only thing that separates. The separates says the Jews are sanctified them by the truth. In other words, they will be set apart by the truth. So I began to say, and the first thing I found out is that when in Christianity, they have a thing called Trinity. And in Christianity, they talk about this one being manifested in three ways. Well, that is heresy. And that caused more confusion for me, theology, than any one issue in the Bible. And that's what I was taught from the church, <clears throat> taught from evangelical Christianity. And only reverting back to my Israelite, Hebrew Israelite culture, and wanting to understand it, and I began to study the scripture and understanding the Hebrew. And all of a sudden, I realized what I knew to be true all along in my spirit, that when you realize when it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was the most high, and the word was with the most high, and all all things were created by him, and there's not anything that's made that has not been made. Well, the Christians take that, and they say, hey, he is the creator, he is the one God, the all-sustaining God, that's who Jesus is. No. Go back. He is that, but he is not the one. The fact of the matter is that we say we have a monotheistic belief or religion. No, we don't, because we have God, the all-sustaining one from which all things emit. He has a son, and when he took on flesh, he bared the name Yahawashat. But that is his God self. As well, part of the creative process. We have the spirit. That's why I come and says, let us make man. And evangelicals will tell you he was talking to the angels. How can he talk to a created being that he created about creating something and when he only, at the time and him only has the power to create? No, he was talking to his son. Let us make man. And the scripture is very clear on that. So now all of a sudden I realize he is the father. That 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 Yah that Yah is the Father and He has a son, a son and we call Him Yahawashat or Jesus, or Yeshua, or the many variations of that translation. So that helped me to relate. And just the other day, my daughter, 19 years old, was asking me. A young man asked her about, well, you know, y'all got Jesus. You talk about the Father. You talk about you talk about God. You talk about the Holy Spirit. Who do I pray to? It's real simple. <clears throat> In my pursuit of this knowledge, this information of who I am, of Israel, I understand now. I pray to the Father, but I pray in the person. Because when you say the name, that's what it means. Your name identifies who you are as a person. And so the thing is, is that I pray in the person, in the name of Yahawashat, or as people refer to him in the English, Jesus. So that helps me my relate to my Father. I relate much different to him now. But it, Go ahead, Brother Seth. And, and but what Brother Gary is doing, because we got some questions out here uh, as far as what well, we want to tackle tonight. Uh, how does this newfound re- revelation? Uh, how does it enhance your relationship with the Father? How do you deal with America? I want to talk about before we get off this line. What do we, as an Israelite, what should we be involved in politically? What should we do politically? What's our responsibility politically as an Israelite? What's our responsibility to the church? Does it change what we were when we were just mere so-called Christians? 
uh, uh, and that's not a, a small thing. That's a major thing to be a, a believer. To, to I respect the life of a Christian. These are people that are trying to please the Father by following Christ's example. The word Christian is really not so much a name given by the Father. It was a name given by the enemy of the church. So I'd be careful calling yourself what somebody call you, not even the church, because we're not of Christ per se. We of Yahweh. We of the Father. We of Yahweh. Or however you want to pronounce it, like Gary said, the different variations of that of those four letters. Uh, and uh, many of you know about the uh, text uh, grammaton or grammaton, different different pronunciations of that. But when they went to translate the Bible, folks, it wasn't the four letters there. Uh, the Y, the H, and the W and the H. And many people say Yahweh, Yahshua. I don't want to spend a, a, a second talking about the which, which name it is because more importantly is his character. It's the character of the Father, not what you call him, because we can uh, forever try to uh, figure out what you call him. But more importantly is walking with him, having his spirit, following his laws. That is the most important thing. But uh, a lot of people. And you said some laws. You said laws. Just so we Yeah, we're going to get that. But just, just, again, to recap what's going on, because I see she got some people on the phone line. Oh, we got the phone lines. Chat room is not that full, but we got a few people there. But there's a, some people I would, would wonder is probably thinking, okay, uh, we probably have more people on the phone lines than you do in the chat room. But uh, anyway, uh, I know people are wondering and saying, well, what is this tonight's show? Tonight's show is for those that already know we Israelites. And they're saying, this is new to me. I just found out. I see it. I see the importance of it. And I'm having trouble or I have questions as far as determining how do we live, what changes, are there any changes. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is nowhere in the world you can know who the real Israelites are and go back to life as usual. Even if you look the same, still go to the same churches, still worship the same, still pray the same, you are not the same, because you, when you look at the Bible, those people from Genesis to maps, I said from Genesis to maps, are very dark-skinned people. There weren't even no light-skinned people. Light-skinned people came as albinos began to enter the picture, and the, and they become a mighty people, and then they had to turn around and go mix with the dark-skinned until the albinos, until the white race, until the the the, 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 the whole uh, exodus uh, from Africa to the European, uh, into Europe, until all that happened, those people was dark skinned, brown, dust colored people. I would even I would even say olive, because olive is the product of the mixing. That Bible is full of dark skinned people, folks. So when you say I now know we Israel. That's a whole nother refined tune that spiritually mind. That's a mindset that's very different. Somebody say, well, yeah, but it's all flesh. You're only talking about the flesh. No, no, no. Because if you understand who Israel is, now this new revelation, you now understand why slavery existed in the first place. You now understand why young people can't come together or young people are 
are are doing the things they're doing. Why why we can make our oppressors filthy rich, but cannot establish wealth on our own. You are an eagle eye, somewhat of a prophet, because if you can understand who Israel is, that's a special person. You are a special person to be able to look at that book and connect us with that book and connect South Africans with that book and to connect the untouchables in India with that book. That is not your everyday Bible readers. These people, you, my friend, is something different. And there is no way you can go back to business as usual. So this show is for you to give you tools on the fine-tune this revelation that the Most High have brought into your life. Having said that, I want to add something. Brother, Brother Gary, did you want to elaborate any of that before I go to the next thing I was going to bring up? Uh, other than the fact that when you said, you know, it's, it's again, staying with the uh, issue at hand, the, the um, subject of the show, and is how we live, you know, like talk about issues of business and um things like that in politics. And I would say this is real clear, just real two quick significant points, and that is that if you look at the Old Testament, if you want to know how we are to relate, how we're to engage ourselves in politics, politics is a tricky issue because of the fact that many people don't understand that if we're Israel, then <laughs> that means you're in the land of captivity. You're in a foreign land, and you basically are being held captives, and you've been captive for quite some time. So how in do exile. you Exile is in the exile. You're in exile. Right. Well, well, no, not only are we just in exile, but we're also in captivity. We didn't come here. In other words, you know, when we were exiled, we ended up in Africa. Well, now we're more than just exiled. We're in a land of captivity. We've been here for almost 400 years. 400 years. This is a land of captivity because they came and got us and enslaved us. So that's one thing is to be exiled, what they did, what Romans did to us, and kicked us the hell out of Jerusalem, my homeland. And the Most High is who initiated it, who provoked it, who motivated it because of our disobedience, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, rebellious people. That's our, dis- our disposition. But the fact of the matter is that now we're in a land of captivity, and so how do we handle ourselves in the land of captivity? Well, actually, we covered that aspect in the la- in the last show because, again... And you did a good the- job. Go over that again. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Go do that again. That was wonderful. Y'all got to hear this. I'm telling you, if you give it 100% of your attention because this is good. Brother Gary, go over that again. But saying, yeah, so that we went over that in the last, uh, the last show, the one before that, is how do we live in the in a land of act, uh, captivity? Well, that being the case, we have an example. If you go to Jeremiah, I'm trying to pull it up now. Twenty nine. Is it Jeremiah twenty nine? Because I have to pull it. Yep. I have to yep. actually pull yep. out a Bible. But um, the thing is, is that what happened in there. And the situation was the is very much the context of it is very much like we're living today, is that we're living in a land of captivity. We have been taken bondage. We know that this captivity is a captivity that has been ordained of the Most High because of our rebellion. And what was happening is that many of the, the, the so-called prophets of Israel at the time were telling the people, "Hey, in so many days we're coming back home. We're going to be delivered. We're going back to Jerusalem." Whatever's not the case. And so the, the prophet Jeremiah, who was a true prophet, basically to let them know, "No, no, no." It says you're there for seventy years at least. Yeah, hold it on, folks. Y'all got to uh, hold on. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give everybody a warning. People, listen to me. 
those of you that tune into this show, because you saw the topic and it, it pulled on your spirit, I know y'all are listening. But I, I tell my kids all the time, now that you're listening, now that you're listening, listen. In other words, really pay attention to what's, what's about to be said. Go ahead. And so, and so the issue became okay. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and the word to Jeremiah was this: Build you houses, plant vineyards, give your sons in marriage, your daughters in marriage, give your sons in marriage, so that you be not diminished, but that you increase. Pray for the peace of the city in which you are in. Therefore, shall you have peace. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take that real slow. You're going fast. You're going way too fast. Now, stop for a second. Pray for the what? Pray for the peace of the city. Therefore, that you may have peace. You so you you so the scriptures is saying now. Just in case some of y'all feel like we're using the scriptures, uh, twisting and all that. Remember, Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, that these curses are supposed to be upon Israel forever if they are disobedient, if they find themselves in captivity. But they're not just curse, curse, curse. If they obey, then they will be blessed, and they will be above all other nations. So Israel is not locked into being just curse, curse, curse. And furthermore, since Christ has come, anybody, this, this we're talking about a nation. This is nation talk. But individually is a completely different conversation. Individually, if you and your household fear the Most High, live upright, follow His laws, be led by the Spirit, none of these will come nigh your dwelling. None of these will come nigh your neighborhood, I mean your your address. I'm going to say it again. Individually, you can have all that the Father offers. Individually, but your nation is a whole nother world. Remember, Christ had all that kind of power. He had all that in the bag of chips. Christ did not lack in power and authority at all, but he wept. He wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, Christ wept. Jesus wept. He wept for his nation that was full of unbelief and fear. So will you. If you're the most powerful, obedient person that the Father has on this planet, you may have the victory. Your children may go to wonderful schools, and you may not, you may escape poverty and all sickness and all kind of things of blessings may come your way. But you will weep for your nation. So tonight you need to listen because this is what you should be telling your nation to do to get their plight to change. Go ahead, Brother Gary. Okay, yeah, so it's Jeremiah 29. And so, and, and, and let's look at this in context, as Brother Seth just said. Uh, what does the Scripture clearly say about the uh, things of the Old Testament? They were examples, testimonies for us to see. Um, and so we're in a land of captivity, so therefore we must go back and we look forward because we have to get a, a direct instruction as to what, how would we to conduct ourselves in this manner. And when we look back at it, they're in Babylonian captivity. Ironically, we're in captivity of mystery Babylon. Same thing. And it says here, what was the instruction? After he gave them, he says, 29, verse 4. It says, Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. That's how we got here. We were captives. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. 
Well, uh, truly, we know we look at Scripture. And he says he was he was going to cast us to the four corners of the earth. And we would we we would be now, now, brother Gary. Captain. When you mm-hmm. come to a break, we have a hand up. I don't know how long the hand been up. Okay. But someone has a question, so just when you come to a okay. pause, know we got a question. Okay. And so he says, now, what are you to do? Build you houses. Verse five. Dwell in them. Plant gardens. Eat the fruit of them. That means you need to be productive while you're here. That I means you just sit up and watch it and work a nine to five every day and just keep on and say, no, 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 but you should be eating the fruit of your labor. And if your nine to five is bringing you fruit, then, hey, enjoy it. Dwell it. It says, take you wise, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase there and not diminish. And then it says, so in other words, we're living. We understand that we're here, and we're going to be here for a minute. So that means there's some things we need to do to make sure that we continue the livelihood and continue the progenity of us as a people. You know, and we're not to be running back into Israel because we've been barred from Israel right now. We've been barred from Jerusalem. The gates have been closed, okay? <laughs> and they're not going to be open no more until he comes. So, again, now we pick up at verse 7. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives. Well, we all know we, became, we, were, we were brought here as slaves. And if you understand Deuteronomy 28 through 32, you understand the reason you were brought here as slaves because of the disobedience of our ancestors, of our fathers, of our forefathers. So that means that it was by the hand of the Most High. And he says, and then when I bring, and he says, then when I bring you into that captivity, that place I'm going to bring you, cause you into captivity, when you're there, seek the peace of it. Wow. Well, brother Gary, let's do this. Let's go to phone lines. Now you keep that train of thought. I don't want you. I don't want to get sidetracked. I don't know what this question is going to be, but I don't want us to get off point because people want to know. How should we live as Israelites? I mean, really. So let's go to the phone lines. Eric code seven zero eight nine zero three. Go ahead with your question and comment. First of all, who am I speaking with? Who am I speaking with? And where are you located? It's Dr. Gabriela Bonya. How about that, Bonya Sarala? That was Brother Gabriel, nation of Israel, tribe of Judah, from Dalton, right outside Chicago. Yeah, brother Gabriel, I just kind of felt overwhelmed, man. Just all this, it's just so much to deal with, and you just get tired of just constantly following the enemy. Not following the enemy, but just you know, we did this show on New World Order, and it's just a lot. It's very overwhelming to see what's happening in our world. If you don't stay in the spirit, and I'll admit, I'll admit, I'll admit, I wasn't always in the spirit, and and it just oh, it gets overwhelming. I need a break anyway, man. But go ahead with your question or comment, man. Brother Gabriel, go ahead with your question. I know you got a good question or comment. You always do. Well, I ain't had too much of a comment. I was just saying I ain't heard from you in a while, but. <clears throat> I guess the topic is uh, what we're supposed to do is build a nation. First, I'm no, 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 that's not the topic. The topic is not so much what we do to build a nation. The topic is now that we know we Israel, for those newbies that come into the picture, Brother Gabriel, I'll put the same question to you. Just give me a couple of minutes and let them know, those that's coming into the light of this, how do you live as an Israelite? I mean, how do you live as an Israelite? That's the question. How do you, all right, somebody just found out a, a month ago, 
daggone it, this is true. We really are the true Jews. Um, you might be a white person for that white man, a white woman looking on, so-called white person looking on, and they're saying, they are right, my. This is true, but God, you got some noise in your background. You got some noise in your background. But uh, for those brothers and sisters, either in the camp or outside the camp, that come into this, how are they supposed to live? What's your two cents on this? What do you feel like the Father would say through you on this? That's quite simple. The Father said, a preacher, a man of the most high, a woman of the most high. When you teach it, when you teach it about the laws, when you get, you get, tell them to repent, that means turn away from sin and get back to the, the laws of the most high. So that's the, when you become an Israelite or a stranger to join with the children, that's the main thing, the only thing you have to worry about. So, Summing all up, that's that's a pretty simple simplest way to put it. Keep the laws. Most high and his son says, "You love me, keep my commandments." So that's how you get. That's what you do. Regardless if you're Israelite or not, that's why you tell people, "If I ain't Israelite, I still gotta do what they they do to get to the uh, uh, uh south." Well, I want to say salvation, but you know, not to be condemned. I say it like that. Well, that's that's. I mean, I mean, it does. If you love me, feed my sheep. You know, keep my laws. Uh, uh, Brother Gil, you have any comments on that, or, or questions for Brother Gabriel, or clarification, comments, anything? No, I'll come. I'll come in set, but for uh, clarity, because we can't get a background noise. So you know, since he's made his comment, go ahead and then um, hang up with him, and then uh, I'll come in afterwards. Well, Brother Gabriel, let me just say this, man. You're one of those persons I do miss. I ain't going to lie. To be very honest, I miss talking to you. I miss your disagreement whenever you disagree and your agreement whenever you agree. Either way it go, you always bring something. And uh, don't think I ain't been thinking about you. And we're going to try to continue to have these shows uh, at least Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. Just stay tuned to the site. And uh, you got a reminder, I'm sure, going to your phone. I'm going to try not to have these shows where they would come on and I'm not there. I know I've had a lot of false alarms, which means I had to set up and then when people tune in, I wasn't there. So I'm going to try to get rid of all of the shows and the only post shows are actually going to be at. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold. If you have any questions or comments, press 1. You know me. You can you can comment more than one time. Uh, at, uh, at we got one more show. comment, though. Okay. One more comment. One more comment. You said you was uh. You know, like I'm gonna say it like this: when the most, when you go through these times of temptation or stress, would you say the devil? First of all, that is the times of, of fire baptism. When you're going through the fire baptism, as the Bible says, take that as a glorified thing. So when you're going through that, that means that you you, you got to keep doing the work or correct your work. Don't get discouraged, because I, I I get discouraged, but basically. Uh, sit back a few minutes and, and be filled to my fire. So that whatever bring you down, be filled your fire. The children, like I said, Hebrews twelve. You're a bastard if you don't if he don't beat you. Uh, I can't. Even, I wish I had my brother right next to me right now. I can tell you exactly what to say. But basically, if, you, if the Most High don't don't score you, you're a bastard child. He <laughs> said, "Who who yeah. sounds out if you're a bastard?" So that's all I got to say, man. Don't let nothing. Nothing in this so-called world that's ruled by Satan gets you down. Let there be motivation that means you're doing righteousness. So all you need to do is what you're doing. Just like I got to do for myself every day, I got to look in the mirror. 
no matter how good I think I can always be better or teach better or learn more so I can understand greater for, for reason people do what they do and how to get them out of what they're doing. That's all I have to say. Peace to the most highest. Well, I appreciate that, my brother. And everybody else, Brother Gavi up from Chicago. Always good to hear him. I love that brother. He might not think I do, but I really love that brother. Even when he disagrees, I don't want people always agreeing with me. I'm going to say that again. I don't want people always agreeing with me. I like people bringing new things to the table, and especially Brother God, always tries to quote scripture. Now, I might not agree, or we might not see the scripture the same way, but at least when he says something, he tries to have biblical proof. Now, Brother Gary, uh, you was going ahead and down a lane. I want you to go get, uh, get back in that lane uh, and uh, finish your point, and I want to uh, take a sm- small, a short little break, and then we're going to come back and, and talk about some other issues again how should we look at politics? How should we look at, I mean, does this change? But being an uh, Israelite, following, you know, we got these feast days that's about to come up on us. How should we keep the feast days? Should we be keeping the feast days? I want to address a little bit of all this because there are people that are concerned about the Sabbath. I know that's a big topic right there. But I know you, Brother Gary. If anybody can nail it down in the time we got, you can nail it down. So go ahead and finish your point. Take a little break, and then we'll come back and nail some some other topics. Well, some of the points that I want to make, but just when you said about the the Sabbath, Sabbath is real simple for Christians, and I'll say this specifically. I'm talking to Christians right now. And understand that when I call you Christian, I don't mean that in any negative sense whatsoever. It's just a term of identification. That's who you are. That's who... In many ways, my you know a lot of people talk to me and they think, well, you're a Christian until we get deeper in the conversation. They say, oh, okay, but oh, oh, you you are an Israelite. Oh, okay, you know. So don't think it's a negative. But I would say this is real simple. If you keep all of the if you keep all other the Ten Commandments, all nine of the other ones, why do you have a problem with that one? <laughs> I mean, it's like to me, I just don't get it. It's like Christians understand they would say we don't we necessarily have to keep the law. But we're supposed to keep the commandments, the Ten Commandments. And in the book of Revelations, it talks about those who have overcome. It says they overcome, it says those who, who um, have the testimony of Yahweh Shah, the testimony of Jesus, and keep his commandments. Those are the ones who overcome and come and go into eternal life. Well, the thing is that if you keep all nine of them, why you got a problem with that one? I know people say, well, we got a spiritual rest. Yeah, we do have a spiritual rest. But the, the, the Sabbath is for a sign. And so now we're supposed to go into some issues that most people will want, don't want to deal with these issues because this is kind of like that um, kryptonite or uh, however you want to put it when, when it deals with Hebrew Israelites, and that's that issue of the law. Well, to me, it's real simple. When things like that are real clear and the most high is given revelation, it's like, why pull back from it, get out there and just deal with it? And it's real simple. If you keep all the other Ten Commandments, you keep all nine of the other ones, why do you have a problem with keeping in that one? And then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we want to go back, well, that's spiritual and this is physical. Yes, it is. Because many of the things that were given in the Old Testament, the scripture I'm reading, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, now these things happen unto them for examples, and that they are written for our admonition, admonition well, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because I actually see it a little different. Now, those of you that are listening and you're new to this, you just come into the light. This show is for you. This show is not so much for those that's been in Israelite for 10, 20 years. This really is not your show. I, mean, you, I want you to listen. I want you to stay in the house and stay in the room. You know, I, I'm glad people like Brother Gabriel is listening. I want y'all to listen. But really this show 
is really going to be informative, not for y'all because y'all know a lot of this, but it's going to be informative for those that are new. So those that say, okay, I see we're Israel. I see the importance of it, but I don't know how to live. They get up in the morning. The clock goes off. They go to work. How do they live? Where you live is normal. You you follow your conscious, your, your spirit, and uh, okay, all right, all of a sudden, here comes Saturday. You're working. All right, Brother Gary, go there. They got to so be at work you all Saturday, and it, 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 that's the only job they can get, and, and that's the only it, job they can get. Right. Almost it, every it, job going to sooner or later require you to work on a Saturday. If, if you say, I can't work on Saturday, you there's only a certain jobs you're going to have, and it may not be the kind of income you want. Go ahead. Right. You you ask, and if you're not granted that, then you're not under any condemnation. Because guess what? See, this is the difference. It's like there's a there's spirit, there's a law, the distinction between the law and the gospel. Because the good news is that the, the, the law said that you're to keep the Sabbath and you're to honor it. And if you're caught working on the Sabbath, then the penalty for it is death. Well, the, the, well, now that's the that's the distinction. That's the law distinction. Well, what's the gospel distinction? Response to that: uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, because the curse of the law was death. In other words, in other words, I acknowledge it, but I'm not bound by it anymore. In other words, I don't die as a result of not keeping it. Oh, like people, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, let, me, let, let me make this last. Let me make this last point. It's like people ask me. They say, "Is the law over with?" If you are believing the law over with, no, the law is still in existence. There's nowhere in the scripture where you can where you can find that the law is no longer in existence. The thing is, is that I'm not bound by it anymore. That's the distinction right there. But it still exists. It still exists. Well, hold on, not, hold on, hold on. Uh, what do you mean you're not bound by it? It, it means it's real simple. I'm not when I say bound by it. Let's put it like this here. Let's change that word and say I don't suffer the curse of it anymore. I don't suffer the curse of it if I don't keep because guess what? We all scripture clearly says that any man said he has not sinned, then he is a liar. And what is sin? Sin is a transgression of the law. It says, But if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father who's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. See, when you deal with this law issue, people think all of a sudden and, but let's deal with the issue right when we're dealing with we're dealing with the Sabbath. Again I say this here. Well people say, Well now it's a spiritual thing. Well let me ask you this. If you take something from me, brother Seth, if you take a hundred dollars from me and you steal it, is that physical or spiritual? It's really spiritual. So the thing because, is that the manifestation but, but the manifestation is what? The manifestation is physical. It's not a what happens actually. It, what happened to God, to the Most High, the offense came from the heart before I even went to you and took it. Right. My hands taking your stuff and hiding it behind my back, what? that ain't the sin. Sleeping with the woman ain't the sin. It's the heart of wanting to sleep with the woman. Oh, no, 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 no. I disagree with you on that. Because if no, you no, think no, about it, let me give you the scripture. Let me give you the scripture. It says, when lust... <clears throat> Has been fulfilled. It, man, it, it says. It says when lust has come forth, forth, then it brings forth sin. See, what people don't understand is that the lust is really not the sin. It's when you give into it, and then it's going to bring forth. It says when it comes to full forth, it's going to bring forth sin. 
And, again, that's where we go back to the issue when we talk about these laws because people have a problem with it because I think the problem is we don't understand. There are laws in the universe that when we talk about how do we deal with our personal business, how we deal with civil affairs. Well, as Israel, we had a law given to us that dealt with and addressed our physicality. Because everything in the New Testament is dealing with the spirituality. But the fact of the matter is, and this is what I tell Christians who all of a sudden want to say, no, nah, that plays no part, you still live in the physical body, living in the physical planet. What I'm saying is this. I want people to hear me because I said something that sounded real crazy. Let me explain something. If you walk up to a person and slap them in the mouth and they didn't do nothing, your hand hitting them in the mouth is not the sin. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Suppose they had a bee on their mouth, and you had to knock them out. Or like this one guy, he was getting ready to get shot. This, this security guard knew this guy was about to lose his life. So this security guard hit him in the back of the head with a shotgun. He hit him in the back of the head to knock him out. Now, if I say to you, if I hear somebody in the back of the shotgun and knock them out, is that a sin? You say, well, yeah. No. It depends on your heart. What that and security guard did, listen, 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 listen. What that security guard did was not a sin. Nothing in the physical is what's the sin. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what it is. Where the sin come? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Gary. Let me get out. Let me get out, man. Let me sit down. You hype tonight. You hype tonight. You hype tonight. But where the sin occurs is in the heart, because I can shoot somebody and it be an accident. That ain't a sin if it's an accident. I can shoot somebody in self defense. That ain't no act. That ain't no sin. That's not a sin according to the scriptures I know of. So what am I saying? I'm saying nothing you can really name is really a sin. Just just if your heart ain't in it, let me put it like this. If your heart ain't in it, you're just doing something, you're completely out of your mind. You, you're crazy. You're literally crazy, clinically crazy. You have no control of your mind. Nothing you do is a sin. And you can go to a house and kill up a whole bunch of people. That's why they give people the insanity plea. Because if you don't have the control of your faculties, the most high ain't going to judge you and you don't even know what you're doing. So what am I saying? I'm saying that all of the law, all of the law, all of those laws in the Old Testament can be summed up really easy. Where is your heart at? That's where Christ came in. He came at instituting a higher way of life, it is written. You know, but now, if it was written this way, but now I'm telling you, if you even look at a woman, well, that was new. The law don't say that. Christ coming in with this new stuff. Of course, he was repeating what the Father was saying. But the Father didn't implement something uh, uh I'm going to get rid of that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now it's about the heart. If the heart ain't in it, it can't be a sin. Go ahead. Right, and I, and I understand that point. And the point is this, is that <clears throat> Bible says real clear, sin is the transgression of the law. That is the definition of sin according to the scriptures. 
in uh I think it's first John or either second John. So if that being the case, why do we have a law? It says law was added because of transgression. <laughs> now, that's kind of crazy. The Bible says transgression is a, a transgression of the, uh, that sin is a transgression of the law. Then it says, why do we have the law? Because it was added because of transgression. Well, if we look at that and we understand that, then a law, for, for the most part, is that the most, the most High had two objectives. One is that we would be a sanctified and pure holy people. But when you give a law to a group of people, the, the law that we received, when you talk about the first five books of the Bible, that law was the governance of a nation. And because it was the governance of a nation, it governed our physicality. It governed how we deal with our fellow man in terms of business, and of law, of, so, of, of, of social events, of social, of social issues. That law is what governed that. So the thing is, is that it says that those things were in samples for us. So the fact that now, even though we're in a land of captivity, and now we must abide by the law of this land, but however, we can go into business affairs, and our motivations come from the principles of the laws that the Most High gave us as a people. Because I tell all people who basically who says, okay, we keep the law, well, it's real quick. You have no power to enforce the law. You have no priest. How are you going to enforce that law that was given in the first five books of Moses in a land of captivity? Remember, remember what happened when the Messiah, when the Messiah was, was assassinated. You have to realize that even though we were under Roman authority, we were still had a certain degree of sovereignty. That's why come the Jewish priests went to the Romans to have him crucified. So again, we have to understand that we're living both physical and spiritual, and that's the biggest conflict and the biggest controversy and issue that many walk in this walk have a problem understanding is because you can't reconcile. We, they have yet to reconcile the two. And the fact of the matter is, again, when we talk about the Ten Commandments, if we keep all of them in our mind, I understand what you're saying, that you have to work on this at work on this certain day, and guess what? <clears throat> that may happen. My question is, I have to ask you this here, though. And that's when it comes to the point now to where, what do you believe and where's your faith? Because remember, the reason why come the children of Israel did not make it into that rest that we talk about was because of evil, wicked heart of unbelief or a lack of faith. But remember this, Pharaoh had no problem with Israel until Moses went to Pharaoh and said, we want to go out in the wilderness and worship. You want to go do what? Worship my behind. You in Egypt, dude. You live by the laws of our land. And that's what a conflict. That's why we had to live Egypt, because what we, because the Most High put in Moses' heart a request to Pharaoh that he knew was going to cause all hell to break loose when he went to him and said, "We want to go out in the wilderness and worship." So again, again, I tell people on, on these issues here, a lot of the issues when it comes to the scriptures, uh, you're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to follow the law of the land or you're going to follow the law of the Most High. Now, we have to understand that there's certain aspects of that same law that people are so bound to keep or done away with, and a great deal of it is your, is, is your so-called religious rituals, because you don't have a temple anymore. So what you going to do Brother, now? Brother Gary, you are on some, you're on, out there on some uh, territory. I've got a lot of questions for you when we come back from this break, man. You just open up a whole can of worms. we got a little time, folks. Take a little short, short, short break, and we'll be right back. Just hold on, Brother Gary. We'll be right back. All right. 
Hey all, this is John Clark in Lexington, Kentucky. I uh, just want to give big ups to Five Smooth Stones Blog Talk Radio Show. A reason being is that uh, I've enjoyed this show. I've enjoyed it from its inception with uh, Brother Seth and Sister Arlene. Uh, they have given uh, greater clarity, I guess I would say, to a lot of the scriptures that we always knew were there, uh, but now they have opened up these scriptures so that now I can see things that I just simply had not seen before. And now when I study the Bible, I look at it from an entirely different perspective. And this is actually not just for the Hebrew Israelites or for the Christians. This is just from a scientific standpoint. Uh, anyone can listen to this show and enjoy it as such. Not to mention the fact that Brother Seth brings a lot of humor to it, which makes it very, very down to earth. So big ups to the five smooth stones. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, we're back. My brother Gary from Israel now, and uh, he's been a uh, guest on the show for some time now, talking about various stages of this six-part uh, revelation about Israel, and uh, we, we dealt with part one, how we know we Israel using the Bible, and uh and uh, actually, let me just go ahead and get, I want some of y'all are listening for the first time, and uh, you don't even know about the part one. So, if you'll go to the archives of this show, and uh, go down to November the 18th, it's called Overwhelming Proof of Black Biblical Jews, November the 24th. Alternative proof of black biblical Jews. Alternative proof meaning we're not going to use the Bible. Alternative proof, other proof. Then December the 17th, 2012. What is the purpose of knowing this information? What is the purpose of knowing the Jews was black? We go off into talking about how it's far more important than. The Jews were black. My goodness. Do not trivialize this message to just that. December the 25th. Yes. Yes. That was Christmas Day. How shall we live as Israelites. Jews in this world today. We've had over 2,000 people to listen to that show. And then part five. How should we live as the real Israelites today? We've had 8,638 people to listen to the archives, 55 to listen to it live, 13 calls. My, 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 my. So we're going to begin tonight with Brother Gary, and he's just going on some territory that's going to just really be hard to, uh, to get out of. He, he's like <laughs> in no man's land. So... Brother Gary, I want you to go ahead and finish, but I want you to try to nail this down. I don't know how you're going to do this, but if anybody can do it, you can do it. Because I want to finalize this show tonight. I may have to just do a series where we don't have a final show. 
We just talk about it every week. This might be a weekly show because there's so many topics we haven't covered. We still haven't talked yet. Boys, how do we look at America politically? I know you talked about uh, Jeremiah 29. Are we supposed to pray for the peace of this captivity place we're in, this this place of captivity we're supposed to uh, be like Joseph and try to do well in it and try to excel in it at the same time? When we excel, we're helping these criminals, you know, but we're not supposed to even look at them as criminals because we're supposed to look at the fact that the Most High have brought us to this place. The Most High have ordered this. We've got to have our perspective right. So it's... This is a very interesting topic, Brother Gary. You know, how shall we look and live as an Israelite? And you've set the stage by saying the Most High don't even want us looking at this place like hating it. I mean, yes, we hate captivity, but he wants us to pray for its peace. And that way we'll have peace. He wants us to go and marry him and increase our families that we won't be small. You know, the most I want us to exist is his people, you know. So I want you to go ahead and finish where you was going, but I just want uh, us not to forget that we want to talk about, if we can put it in there, the feast days are coming up. How do you personally keep the feast days? And what happens if you don't keep the feast days? And some people say, oh, a big argument in the Christian community uh, is is this Sabbath? They saying that the Christ came to give us a Sabbath. Our life is supposed to be a Sabbath. Now we're not. We're supposed to always cease from labor, cease from our own efforts, and that our our life that we now live is supposed. We're supposed to be dead. If you dead, you cease from your labor. The life that we're living is supposed to be Christ's will. Taking up our cross daily, cross meaning the will of the Father. And when you do this, you are already not, you're already resting. Because you you cease, you're doing his work. So what, and and this whole thing about the Shabbat, I'm going to tell you right now, this is where I have a lot of trouble with it. And and I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I have a hard time believing that if if you are dead, as the as the New Testament talk about over and over and over and over again, if you no longer exist and your life is now Christ, how is one day out of the week you gonna be more spiritual than the rest of the days? How are you gonna be more restful on one day than the other day if you don't even exist? This totally comes against the teaching of the New Testament. What do you mean by the, what do you mean by when you say when rest more rested on one day than the other day? <laughs> Brother Gabriel, his hand went up. You got a question? I kind of knew he would. <laughs> well, before you I ask this question, I... before you before you ask this question, let me just say this here real quick, Seth. To understand the purpose of a thing is to go back again to the original intent for which it was created. The Sabbath was never meant in that sense. As people say, well, people say, well, okay, it, it, I understand everything you just said. And I understand coming into that into that spiritual rest where you sleep from your own labors and your life is totally committed to God. That means simply now you are a living, walking, living, breathing sacrifice. And the life that you live now, you are dead. You, the life that you live now, you live by faith in the Son of God. That's what they're speaking reference to. So that means that you are living, breathing sacrifice. But let me say this here. The original intent of the Sabbath was for two things. And you cannot get away from that. For one, it was supposed to be a sign that the Most High created the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. It was a sign to all mankind. And the second was, it was for rest. 
And, right. and no matter listen, how spiritual, listen. wait a minute. Let me say this. Let me say this. No matter how spiritual you get, that does not bring rest to your physical body. Your physical body still needs actually, time to rejuvenate. Actually, it actually it does. Listen to me. If you are trusting, hold on, Gary. Hold on. Hold on. If you're actually trusting the Most High, like I'm talking about, and you really did, Christ is except a grain we fall to the ground and die, die alone. Now, folks, we ain't giving y'all chapter and verse, but we quoting awfully a lot of scriptures. So, just so y'all know that, here's another one. Christ says, "Except a grain we fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bring forth much fruit." Uh, the Bible says, "The life that I, li- I now live, I live as Christ." We're supposed to be dead. When I say dead, I don't mean laying on the ground dead. I mean we're supposed to be have ceased from our own uh, being the captain of our ship. We're supposed to be following the will of the Father. Now watch this. Why was it David did certain things on the Sabbath and it was justified? Why was it that Christ did certain things that was obvious work on the Sabbath and it was justified? I mean, them Sadducees and Pharisees was right. If you ain't supposed to do it, why are you doing it, Messiah, Christ? Why? David, what do you mean? You can't be doing that with the showbread. All I'm saying is this. What I'm talking about, if you look at it from my perspective, it makes sense. But if you try to plug it in there, no, you can't work on this day. You need to, then you got, you're going to have problems with David. You're going to have problems with all the Old Testament people that worked on the, on the Shabbat and the Most High exempt them because they was doing like Christ said. What person, if they ask, if they don't, you fall into a pit, they won't get it out. you working. I don't care what you say, you're going to have to work to get that donkey out that pit. That is sure no, enough right, work. Right. And, 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 hold on, hold on, Gary, hold on. Let me get this out. Okay. But what I'm saying is this. If you're trusting in the Most High, and your body is going to experience peace. Even doctors say, well, you don't stress and worry. You can be stressed out and worried out sitting somewhere in white with a big old bottle in your hand on the Shabbat and just mind have a heart attack. Or you can be somewhere on a dog on assembly line and you have that peace that passes all understanding and you can't tell me which one is keeping the Shabbat. I know what y'all are saying, but it's something not quite right about people that pick this one day to be super spiritual. Let's see what Brother Gabriel got to say. I know you got to say something interesting. Brother Gabriel, the only thing I say is that you kind of make it quick, because I know you got something to say, brother. Here he comes. Okay, go ahead. Here comes 708903. Thus says the word of the Most High. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the Sabbath day, Ahiah ended his work, which he made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Three, and Ahiah blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. What that means, Brother said, we all know. Because that in it he had rested from all the work which the Most High created and made. Exodus 32, I mean, excuse me, 31, verse 13. Speak thou unto the children, also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbath, you shall keep, for it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that sanctify ye. You shall therefore keep the Sabbath, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that the Father shall surely be put to death. 
Now, if you don't do it now, you're spiritually put to death. You continue to preach against it. But I'm going to go to 16. Here's my point. Wherefore, bond Yashriala shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation for perpetual covenant. Matter of fact, we go to, I got another one for you, brother. You just, you, you defile with the covenant between the Most High and the children. You say you're Israelite, learn to keep the commandments and learn what is the purpose of it. So basically, when we get to the kingdom, we're going to do the same sacrifices. That's all it says. It's a perpetual. I mean, it's a, it's a uh, man. I don't know why. Now, hold on, hold on. What do you mean we're going to get the same sacrifices? When we go into from? the kingdom, brother, when we, you know how I say it, it, it's uh, the, the, the Christ says sacrifice and offers our wood is not, but the body that I prepared for me. He got tired of sacrifice. What are you talking about? I said it like this. When no, those, we get back those, 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 what he's saying, what he's saying, what he's getting to, Seth, is, is that it won't be us keeping sacrifices. It will be Gentiles keeping sacrifices until they receive them. We don't. It's, the fact is that uh, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, the sacrifice for that for that point right there. But I know what he means because it does speak in prophecy that when we come to the kingdom, when they rebuild the when, they, when Christ has the temple rebuilt, there will be sacrifice. But I will say this on this point, Seth, and That's I'll put out Brother Gabriel, hold on, hold on, brother Gabriel. Something going on with your with your line. Every time I bring is this noise. I guess you got some speaker on or something. It's aggravating. Please turn it down. Listen, I got one more scripture for you, man. What I'm going to ask, but I'm gonna, I'm because you know. Now, why are you why are you turn there? Let me ask. Oh, hold on, but why you turn there? I want to ask you a question. It's very important you do it in the New Testament. Because I'm very familiar with the Old Testament. You don't have to convince me in the Old Testament, but I'm just saying the New Testament. Galatians 4 and 10. Galatians 4, 10 through 14. Paul is talking about how they are observing days, months, times of can the I, year. Can I, can I break that down for you, brother? I know you're going to say, you, 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 say, you hey, say he's talking to you. Let's start at verse 1. We're going to start there. I ain't going to go. That's how I learned. You, you find out what the subject is about. Is it talking about the days of the Most High or days that the Gentiles will keep it? And was it talking about the, the sacrifices the Gentiles will make it or the, the sacrifices the Israelites under the law was keeping? That's what you got to understand, brother. Because you can say, ooh, what's up with days? When they say don't judge it, that means to kill you, brother. That's what. Under grace, we don't get killed when we break the law. We get a chance to turn back to the Most High. That's no, why you say, say in, and I, in Ezekiel, I say, I if you say, turn back, he don't want you to die. He wants you to turn back in Ezekiel 33. But I guess uh, we under the Christ only read from the Old Testament. So if the Old Testament ain't no good. Christ's words ain't no good. So people, he only had a few so-called original words, not saying he wasn't an original man or couldn't create, but he spoke the word of the Most High. He gave understanding to people from the word. That's what it was purpose. People didn't understand it completely. They came with their own, the oral law, that fake garbage. So he gave you the truth. Just say the Most High. He kept every law. So if you're a Christian or a follower of Christ, that means you did what he did to the best of your ability. And I say, I want to do this. I want to, I feel today is my day. I feel today because I'm off. I got paid. I can, I can go shopping on Saturday. No. Isaiah 58, 13, if you turn away from doing your things in your place. Matter of fact, I'm about to quote it. I got to read it because that's cheap. Matter of fact, I'm going to skip that. You said forget the Old Testament. Romans, you love your Romans. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 7 so you get a little better. 
So you can understand the law ain't never done away with. The law has done away with the law of the flesh. You say, Romans 7 and 12, wherefore the law is set apart and the commandment is set apart and just and holy. 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal soul under sin. So if the law is spiritual and holy, where is all this? I choose the laws I want to keep. You still there? I'm here. I'm just letting you get it all out. I mean, it's the truth, now, brother. I mean, now listen, listen, it, it, listen. It, it, what I'm saying, okay, okay, brother Guy, I'll let you get out. I want you to hear me out, and I want your brother Gary out. Real quick, I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to be quicker than you are, hopefully. I'm going to try to. First of all, you can't look at people that disagree with you as though they picking and choosing laws. People that disagree with you might be doing that. But some people that disagree with you really is trying to obey the Father. It's just that they have problems with what you're saying because of your delivery. Maybe you're not giving all the scriptures to get them to see the light. I personally can shoot all kind of holes to what you're saying. I'm just letting you talk. I know a brother, I, I, I don't talk about the Shabbat so much, it ain't crazy, but again, I say this. If the Most High say something, he don't want you to ever violate it. If Christ is working on the Shabbat, there must be something else going on there? And I'm going to tell you this. If David does the same thing, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not interrupt you real quick. I'm going to be quick. If David is working on the Shabbat, there must be a higher law. These people, the Messiah and David, King David, they was on a higher level at that moment. Now listen to what I'm saying, please. It could be that I'm talking about something different. Because the Bible says where there is no law, there is no sin. The Bible says the law is for the lawless. Now, people, when they hear those scriptures, when people hear those scriptures, they just kind of be quiet. I address all scriptures. I've got some for all of them. Y'all tend to get quiet on some scriptures you don't know what to say i got something to say that I, everything I say is like a puzzle. I believe that if you let the Holy Spirit lead, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you let the, you're your next. If you let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you, and you have that peace that passes all understanding, if, that's a big if, that's a big if. And if you're really living right, that's a big if. Living right don't mean you're perfect. Living right means you trust the Father for your righteousness. You have received the gift of righteousness. There is no sin imputed unto that person. The Bible says this. Last thing I'm going to say, 15 seconds. Look at your clock. 15 seconds. The Bible says, blessed is the man whom the Father will not impute sin. Don't mean he ain't sinning, according to what y'all call sin. But this man, he won't impute unto Abraham. You think Abraham didn't do nothing wrong? Of course he did. But why did the Father didn't impute it unto him? Think about that for a second. Abraham did some things wrong even after he got this gigantic faith. David did too. But why is it that the Most High would not impute sin to them? All I'm saying to y'all is the Father is not going to impute sin unto Seth because Seth believed and trust in the righteousness, the gift that was given to him. Now, I ain't going to lie like I'm super holy. Sometimes I doubt too. 
that gift, and I'll start thinking I'm not worthy. But I'm telling y'all, be careful with what you're trying to put on people that you can't do yourself. Go ahead. This is my perspective. Now, hold on, hold on. This is my time, Brother Gabriel. Let me say this here. This is real simple. We make things complicated because when we read the Bible, as we said, as a puzzle, we don't understand that sometimes we kind of fit pieces of puzzle that don't go together. Reading the Bible as to those people, because I, I, my fear is that we might be getting a little bit too complex, uh, too deep into certain areas for people, to, to certain people for the purpose of this show. But I'll say this is that context is essential to understanding the Word of God. If we do not understand the Word of the Most High in, in the context that it's written, we get off. Now, Brother Seth, you made a point that's very significant. You said that must be a higher law. It's obvious that there are laws in the universe, there are laws in the earth, that some laws supersede other laws. There are laws within the governments of man. The Senate law supersedes the laws of the House. Okay? Um, uh, federal law supersedes state law. It's real simple. What was the Sabbath made for? Because I'm going to go back to what you used, Seth, to talking about the Messiah. What was the Sabbath made for? I'm talking about King David. Was the Sabbath made for man, or was man made for the Sabbath? The Sabbath, was made, the Sabbath was made for man. So what happened, when it came to David and them, who had been famished, who were basically, if they didn't eat, they were going to die, or die in battle because they were being pursued, what happened? The law of life superseded the law of the Sabbath. Ain't nothing complex about that. Just look at the context. When they, were, when, when, when they were walking through the fields and they were hungry and the disciples began to pick, pick, pick from the corn and eating, again, the law of life superseded the law of Sabbath. If I don't eat, I die. So what hell good does the Sabbath do for me? Excuse me, because I want people to get, get missed the context because I said the word hell. But, but my point is this, is that what good does the Sabbath do for me if I'm dead? Again, we have to look at context. When you went to Genesis, Galatians 4 and 10, it talked about you observed days and months and times and years. He says, I'm afraid that I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. Why? Let's look at the context. Because they thought that their righteousness and their salvation was rooted in observing those days, those months, and those times of the years. And if they didn't do it, they were lost. Context is everything. And so, again, when we just can't take something and just make it a blanket statement, we have to look at it. And the Messiah, he was very clear on it. He said the, the Sabbath was not, the man was not made for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Well, if the Sabbath was made for man, Messiah, Yahweh shot, Jesus, can you tell me why? What purpose did you make it for? It's to give you rest. To give your physical body, not your spirit being, because if you walk around here thinking that you can just rely upon your spirit and that you're just going to walk up and walk in the spirit all day and never eat and never sleep, you're going to be dead someplace. As simple as that. Because there's a physical law that you have to give in to. Even though you operate in the spiritual law, there's still a physical law that is going to dictate what goes on to your physicality. And that's why I come people again, it's the proper distinction between law and gospel. The law that was given to us in Sinai, that law was to govern our physical, I mean, not Sinai, the, uh, man, I forget what matters. That law was to govern our physicality. But when it came to that which was happening on Mount Zion, on Zion, then guess what? <laughs> that law governed us spiritually. So, again, we have to have a distinction between the two, because if not, we all walk around here confused trying to figure out what's going on. And I have to understand that there are things that dictate my, my physicality and there are things that dictate my spirituality. 
And I think that that's the problem that a lot of people have when they come to the issue of the law. Even when we talk about the priests right now, I have people running around here on Facebook. People ask me sometimes about the tribes. Well, this tribe is Levi. And I say, well, get what? You know what? Let me ask you something. Why is it extremely significant to you? If you just know you're Israel and well, you want to know some tribe, I understand. But if you're a tribe of Levi, what does that give you any more than any Gentile believer now has? Because that means that, guess what? If you've accepted Christ, and he's the Messiah, that means you're born again, then guess what? You are a priest. You are a priest. You've entered into that, priest, that kingdom of priests that it talks about in Revelation. So now what does Levitical set you aside and make you different from anybody else? Again, physical and spiritual. And that's what Paul endeavored so much to do, to break down the, the distinction that we have a physical and we have a spiritual. And Paul, many times, to, I think, to the degree to where, it brought, to, to where they lacked is that Paul put so much emphasis on the physical because of the spiritual because his ministry was to the Gentiles. And I don't think Paul lacked in doing things. I just think that we've been robbed of writers who did, who, who did reconcile the two because every other basic, for the most part, all those who were Jewish, uh, rather Israelites, we don't have them in the canon. Not in the New Testament. The New Testament consists of two-thirds of Paul's writing. Why? Because that's what, that's what Constantine them felt was, was profitable and prudent for, the, prudent for the empire because it was a Gentile empire. And he wanted a religion that would appeal to Gentiles. And Christianity was that religion. And that's why I come when you read the New Testament, for all of those who have a problem with Paul, your problem really ain't with Paul. Your problem with basically is those is, is those when they had the Nicene Council and the council that came after, they elected not to include a lot of the books that were written by straight Israelite writers and that dealt with Israelite issues that we were dealing with. So again, there we go. Well put, well put. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm listening, bro. Your brothers are. Brother Gabriel, go ahead. I know you just was waiting up some brother. Uh, I enjoyed that. That was pretty good. Brother Gabriel? I'm here, brother. I'm just trying to, uh, basically, I don't even want to argue. It seems like I'm arguing. See my approach. That's how I feel. No, 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 no. Let me say, let me say no, something about you. I'm not, I'm not hold on, hold on, brother, brother Gabriel. Brother Gabriel, let me take a look. Go ahead, brother. You should be able to. T- you gotta quit doing that, man. Just talk. This brother that's on the phone right now is probably. I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna say, man, we done got into it so many times. You have no idea how much me and this brother disagree, but we just know how to do it. And you, you think I agree with what he just said? Some of some of that I don't. But you can't hear my voice. He give his say. He share his word. He give proof. And the Bible says, Paul told Timothy, just consider it, man, and the Holy Spirit will give you all understanding. Brother Gary sometimes says stuff. I disagree with him. Years later, I get it. I say something sometimes to him. He don't agree with it. Years later, he get it. We've been friends for a very long time. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to come up with an attitude. Just say what you got to say. You always do your homework. Brother Gabriel always have his scriptures. Just say it, man. Give the word like you do. Give what you say and leave it. You ain't got to be saying, man, I don't know where you come from, and I don't know where y'all get. You ain't got to say, don't don't cut me down. Just throw the truth out there. Slap me upside the head with the truth. Tell me where it's found. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no, the people are listening. 
people are listening to you. They hear how sharp you are or how off you are or how you twisted something you think you got it right or they hear how you did get it right. You ain't got to be saying, man, because you might be wrong. What if you're wrong? What if people listen to you right now and they know better than you and you're going to find out a year from now? That's why I learned not to put people down. Just let them say they say. I'm going to say my say. And Holy Spirit will get the clearance later. Because I could be wrong. Having said that, please share what you have to say. Psalms 119, 142. Thy righteousness is the everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. And uh, my point was that you were saying something about righteousness. So basically, if you want to be a righteous person, you must follow, like the brother says, the laws that govern everything. And I'm only going to recommend to follow the laws of the Most High. And it says, Acts 17 and 11, that these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of the mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. My point on that scripture, I never tell nobody to believe what I say. I prefer, if I'm wrong, you bring forth documentation, scriptures, piece upon precept. If, the, if it's the truth, it got to come clear. It's made manifest. So in, in, in the scriptures concerning keeping the Sabbath after Christ died, I could go to Christ and say he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, like the brother said, the Sabbath was made for us. So, you know, if it's not, when it's the laws that was against us, it's like if it's against us, we cannot survive. How can we worship the most high? So that would be against us if we, our families don't eat for seven days or something like that. It says, uh, Acts 13:42, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought them that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. I'm going to skip down to 44. Now, I'm going to read 43. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul of Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of the Most High. 44. And the next Sabbath, they came almost the whole city together to hear the word of the Most High. Then it comes, Christ already risen. So if they was following first day worship, they wouldn't have waited to the next Sabbath. They would have said, okay, tomorrow when the Gentiles' day, because Christ rose for the Gentiles on the first day, which, you know, I ain't saying you keep that, but, you know, that's a point for other folks. And also, that's, a, that's, and, um, that's a very good point, Gab. That's a very good point, brother, because what you do is you bring forth a New Testament biblical example. And people can, and the thing is that we can disagree amongst ourselves, but what we have there, it's like a lot of people talk about Paul and dealing with the laws, and Paul clearly says that he was not bound by the curse of the law, but guess what? You find him doing what? Keeping the feast days in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. Yes. You find right, the right, Paul right, right. Keeping the feast I days. I understand what, we, what you and Brother God, the whole that thought, I'm not about to take over. Hold that thought, finish that train of thought, but I want to interject real quick. What Brother Gabriel just said and what you just said, this is what I believe. I keep the feast days as much as I can. I keep the Shabbat as much as I can. But I'm not bound. I don't feel like I'm going to, most high is going to judge me if I have to go to work or something. That's where I draw the line. And most Israelites, 
are stuck. And again, we don't want to make this show just about Israelites because we listen to some Christians that don't know nothing about no Sabbath day. They don't know what y'all mean by the first day. So I'm going to tell y'all right now, those of y'all listen, when they say first day, they're talking about Sunday worshipers. Okay? When they say first day people, they're talking about y'all Christians that, that worship on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Now, now, I say y'all, I'm one, I'm two. I'm one, I'm two. I'd go to church on Sunday. And I wish somebody would tell me I ain't had a relationship because I worship on Sunday. <laughs> but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying Man, is but No, I was laughing because of the way you were saying that y'all were talking about y'all. But I tell people when they come to church, hey, that's my mother. The church birthed me. So Israel, Hebrew is like to say all they want to say. The church birthed me, and I think that they did a pretty good job because I can hold my own amongst my brethren, my my kinsmen according to the flesh. So. Hey, but, but I mean, the, 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 the Israelites are on something. They, I believe that I do respect the teachings about the Shabbat. And this is what Brother Gabriel don't have a clue about me. This is where I'm going to have to educate you, Brother Gabriel. If I can do it, I will keep the Shabbat. I think it's a wonderful idea because we're so busy. But where I get off, where I have problems with people at, it's really thinking, and really trying to be more holy on that, but that is the most craziest thing. When people tell me that, they lose all kind of points of me. The most I do not want you to be more holy on the Shabbat. That is crazy. That is, I mean, that is like kindergarten statement. He wants you to be dead. You're not supposed to exist. Your righteousness, your service is supposed to be 100% service, died, you're not doing what, if you're doing what the Father wants you to do 24-7, you, how can you be more important, more important, or more whatever on a Shabbat than on a Wednesday, on day three or day two? It you, the teachings of the New Testament says we are to die daily. There is no Seth. I'm supposed to be right now speaking the words of the Father as best as I know, and the Father will. It didn't. My, I don't even have a righteousness, Brother Gabriel, Brother Gary. There is nothing I can do to gain points with the Father. Nothing. Me keeping the Shabbat perfectly, saying the right words, having blogs, getting people born again, or whatever you think is the holiest of the holiest of keeping the Shabbat is as filthy rags. No, as a matter of fact, I can, that's hold, that's on, hold on, hold on, hold on, one more thing, Gary. Just give me 30 seconds. There is nothing, nothing in this body I can do that would make the most high accept my righteousness. Now, I'll tell you what I can do if I live what they call a chaste life. In other words, I live dead to my flesh. Like Paul said, I keep under my flesh. If, we, if I pray, read my Bible, stay in the spirit, be filled with the spirit, I can keep my flesh out of the picture where the Father can use me more, but he still cannot accept my righteousness even if he used me like John the Baptist. That's why Christ said anybody into the kingdom, any little person into the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist because we own some heavy-duty righteousness, dog, if I can say that. I mean, we own some stuff John the Baptist would just Kill for. We gotten the gift of righteousness. We on some heavy duty stuff, man. It ain't about you keeping no Shabbat and wearing white and, and, and facing the east and praying and, and you know, speaking a little Hebrew or Yiddish or whatever you think it is or man, that stuff is 
foolishness. He can't use that crap. He needs us broken down, a contrite heart, broken spirit, broken heart, contrite heart. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. He needs us broken daily for his usage. But when he's using us a lot, if our, none of our righteousness is acceptable. Your keeping the Shabbat is not acceptable. Your keeping the Shabbat is not acceptable. You say, well, I'm going to do it. Do it, but it's not acceptable. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. You keeping the Shabbat, that's as filthy rags. Should you do it? Oh, yes. Why? Because it makes you more available. It makes you. It helps you to be more. Him use you more. You can listen more to the spirit. It, it helps your flesh to get out of the way. But now your righteousness. Oh my goodness! That's an insult to the whole teaching of the whole Bible. Your righteousness, our righteousness. Me, you, brother Gary, combined. If we never, ever, never, always kept the Shabbat and read the whole Bible. Every, every man, please. We're not even the race. Accept the righteousness that he has given you, Brother Gabriel. You got a package in the mail. It's got a red ribbon on it. It's sitting in front of your door. Open it up, and you righteousness as the Most High Himself. Just always, always keep that with you. That's your righteousness. It's almost like that. It's a gift. You receive it by faith. It has got nothing to do with none of them laws you're talking about. You ain't no bad boy because you keep them laws. If you're trying to please right. the Most High by keeping no. them laws, Last thing, I know I'm talking a little bit, but if you try to please the Most High by keeping them laws, you will never please Him. You're from, are you from Babylon? You got all kind of Babylonian. You live in America, man. You probably drink a 40 on the side. Don't tell them what you do, man. Your righteousness is as filthy rag, even if you don't drink a 40. You probably like looking at some shows that the Most High is just. Hey, you probably like doing certain things on a day that's just abominable. We live in America, man. You cannot, cannot please the most out with your actions. Don't even try it. Give it up. You got your point out there. How can we displease the most high? Because we cannot please the most high or seek to perfection. The, the words say, be ye perfect like the most high. Christ was sent to be the example to be perfect like the Most High, which was told us to us in Deuteronomy. So without if faith, it's impossible. In Hebrews without 13, faith. I mean, if Christ say in Hebrews 13, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever, that means our righteousness is the same. What change, you say, our righteousness is a filthy rag. Why? Because our mind say when we was doing the righteousness, was filthy. When we kept the Sabbath, we like, we, well, I wish the Sabbath was over so we could open the sale. I wish the, the new moons would be over so we could buy. That's why our righteousness was like a filthy rag. Well, the contact. No, 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 no. Moses, right. I heard four and seven. Let's go to the top. Let's go to the top. Let's go to David. Let's go to Moses. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Daniel. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's not even deal with Israel. Let's deal with the cream of the crop, the ones that moved the most high. Moses had the, the most high. To, come on, man. Let's deal with the cream of the crop. They like Hold Moses on. I, I, I didn't say Moses wasn't no Israelite. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm talking about the cream of the crop of the Israelites. Let's talk about their righteousness. Let's just talk about their righteousness. You'll get an idea about your righteousness. Okay? Now, listen. Their righteousness. Like I asked this question. Hold on. Right. 
You wait. Hold on. My right hold on, real quick. I'm asking you, if we cannot please the most high, that means we must can't displease him. It's a it's a conundrum. It's a like, okay, whatever. Well, it's like, let me tell you something. But you know what? You know what? Let, 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 let me interject. Gentlemen, if you will, let me interject here. I think the Go point ahead, is, please is, that, is that when you when we talk about when we talk about the law, is 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 I mean, and that's again, it's one of those issues where I felt like there's never been really enough time dedicated to where we can sit down and break it down, because the pros and cons of it is is real simply this: is that I get Brother Seth's point, is that my attempting to keep the law, just like what was happening with the Galatians, is not what brings me to righteousness. As a matter of fact, if my motivation of keeping the law is thinking that that is what's going to make me righteous in the eyes of the Most High, I've actually fallen from grace. See, it's simple as that. And a lot of believers, so-called believers right now, don't, I'm not even aware of it, but they have subtly fallen from grace because they're trying to keep laws in order to maintain righteousness because it's real simple. At this point, remember, you're after, we, we live after the, the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, there is no other, no other sacrifice acceptable to the Most High but the blood of Yahawashah. That means that nothing anybody can do can prove righteousness in his eyes except for the blood of Yahawashah. You can go kill a million goats or a million bulls or a million calves, and it's not acceptable to him. Because that is the only blood now that can be that, that, that is acceptable for righteousness. He is the is, the scripture is very clear on that matter. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Sake. Now you, I don't even But now, let, but now let me say let me say my other point on this about the laws. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. The laws, what people are not aware of, most of the laws that we're talking about. We're governed for our relationship amongst one another. And that's where the problem comes in. Because we, we, uh, most of the laws that we're dealing with, because right now, from my, my point on this conversation, the laws that govern righteousness, because right, because remember, he said sacrifices he never did desire. The only reason those sacrifices was to keep our behind from being killed. That's why he allowed sacrifices. Because he knew sin. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that that law, it tends towards bondage. And the reason it tends towards bondage, Brother Gabriel, because if you think that you keep it 100% and, you're not, and, 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 and all of a sudden you feel like now in your ability to keep the law, that's what made you righteous, that fills you with pride. And pride is the ultimate of any sin. Because pride simply is what we don't know it or not. It's really rebellion. Verse 19. Right, so 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 the thing is, is that that's what it, that's what it gender towards bondage. But the fact of the matter is just real simple. Most of the laws that we deal with, these things we tussle over, is how we relate to one another. It's real simple. If I don't walk holy, guess what? It's still based on the same thing in Deuteronomy twenty-eight. If I don't walk holy, I don't get the blessings of the Most High. If I don't live a sanctified life. Like Brother Seth was talking about, but now my sanctification is my sanctification is not of my own ability to keep those laws. Because whether people know it or not, is that guess what? None of them kept those laws flawlessly. None did. Even Peter said it when they were at the council and they were trying to determine what the Gentiles should do based upon this very discussion that was happening in Galatians. It says, guess what? He said, why would we put upon the Gentiles even that a burden that we and our forefathers could not even carry? Because that's what the purpose of the law was. The law drives you to the point to realize that you are weak. You cannot keep the law. 
The flesh is too weak to keep the law. That's where the problem is right there. That's what Paul talked about in Romans. It's not the law that was bad. It's the flesh cannot keep the law. So if you don't have the Ruach Adash dwelling on the inside of you, you can't keep the law. You might think you can, but you can't. Because it's like Christ said, when Paul said, talked about it earlier, Christ said, oh, no, 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 you done missed the boat. Come on, y'all dealing with this outward thing, this outward man. I'm dealing with this inward man at the heart. So, my brother, if you looked on Keisha and you thought up in your mind all the wonderful things you could do with Keisha, you've already broke the law. You've already committed adultery. I may not know it. The, the, the Those who enforce the law may not know it. They may not bring you like they call the, the woman in adultery. They may not know it. But in the eyes of the Most High, you already broke the law. And the only sacrifice that that that, that can that that can that can apply that can bring a resolution to that is the, is the blood of the Yahavashah, the blood of, of the Mashiach. So that's question, what we're, it's, it's, and this last thing, this last thing, because I know we're probably about to run out of time. But what I wanted to get to from the beginning of the show when we talked about the issue of the law, when it says those things were written for our instructions, when we want to know how we govern ourselves in affairs, what does the law say? Okay, for one thing, it's talked about even usury. It talks about all those things that we have to deal with. All the problems that they've had in the stock markets, any Christians who got who got took away in the stock markets, is because you had no understanding of the law. Because what they go to all these so-called white Hebrew, these white Jewish teachers to get now information on economics and finance, guess what? It's right there in the Scripture in the law. It's right there in the Scripture in the law. When it talks about let your, let your crops rest on the seventh year, that's in the law. So all those things govern our physicality. So just because now I'm a born-again, spirit-filled believer, the fact of the matter is that because I am of the Israelite nation, that means that there was a law given to us that when we were in our own land, that if we we abided by this law, we would be the most successful nation on the planet. So now that I'm in Babylon in captivity, and now I'm dealing with business and doing business with people, how do I govern my business affairs? I go right back to the same law. Yeah, now, now, Brother Gabriel, now, now I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm talking different, but I'm saying something. I don't think I'm going to confuse y'all, but watch this. Now what Brother Gary, you what he just said? What Brother Gary just said was major. What happened if you can't hear the, the, the spirit and you're going in business? You practice the law if you don't know what to do. If you just came to this land and you don't know how to eat, you don't know how to relate, you don't know nothing. Let's just say you almost just, I don't know. The law is a schoolmaster. It's a good, you can, any government can follow the law. You can eat the way the Israelites ate and lived to be 100 years old. If you can follow that law, even though the Most High can't accept your righteousness, that's a bad, bad law. I like what they said in Demona. They said in Demona, they said, do you know that if you didn't break a law, you wouldn't even die? I said, what? They say the only way you can die, my brother, is you've got to break a law. Think about that for a second. The law was so cold-blooded, Brother Gabriel, that if you could keep it, you would need Christ. That is, boy, that right there got me to thinking about that law different. I got to thinking about that. I said, what? If you could keep that law, the Bible says you could live in it. If you could keep it, men just don't have the capacity to keep it to to the Father's perfection. Because you either got, you got you can't offend in no point. If you offend in one point, you're guilty of the whole law. 
if you lie, you're a pedophile. If you cheat, you believe in, I mean, you're a murderer. It, it, you just, you just, the Father can't have that. This is a holy being. So we have to have righteousness given to us by way of the shed blood of Christ in the form of the, it's a gift. It's a gift and it comes by faith. That is the only way to get the Father up off our back, so to speak. I shouldn't say it like that. But that is the only way to make him happy with us. That's what appeases his wrath. How, yes, to, to escape his wrath. He loves us and he sent the Messiah to make this thing work. But I like what they said in Demona. That law is cold-blooded, man. He, I mean, y'all, now that blood is a whole lot better now. That's first class. But now, second, coach eating some peanuts ain't bad. But that law, <laughs> that law, if you can keep it. I was talking to my doctor, and he said, basically, this is my doctor told me this in Cincinnati. He said, basically, Seth, you can't eat nothing but small fish. The reason why it's good to eat tuna, Seth, is because it's a small fish, and you can't eat the big fish because the big fish have poop and all that. That small fish can eat the big fish, and that small fish is not good to eat. It causes cancer. Ain't that what the Israelites dietary was all about? Man, I'm telling you, that law is a bad boy. But you just can't start trying to please the father by keeping it. But it ain't a bad backup plan. It's a wonderful schoolmaster. And that's what I'm trying to tell the Israelites. As long as you keep it as a schoolmaster, as a backup plan, yes, keep the Shabbat if you can. Absolutely. But don't be trying to be justified by keeping no Shabbat. That is some ludicrous stuff. That's against everything Paul talked about. That's what I've been trying to. Spiritually immature. If you are bound to keep the law, if that's what governs your righteousness, and you have to go do that in order to do that, it simply says that you're spiritually immature. I know people find that a hard pill to swallow, but it clearly says that the law was what? It was a schoolmaster. Until we came to age. Can I, can I say something, please? What please, you say? Because y'all, y'all, y'all driving the same points home. This is Revelations, man. I'm going to read you only scriptures because basically I don't want y'all to understand. I want y'all to understand the word. 12 and 17. And the dragon was wrought with the women and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Yashua was kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 14 and 12. Here is the basis of the saints. There are they that kept the commandments of God. God in the right, right, right. So, but those commandments, but those commandments, brother, 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 those commandments. Now, I'm not going to make a point. I want to ask a simple question. I'm through. If it's telling people this is what your reward is for keeping the commandments, this is your reward for keeping the testimony of your Savior, but you saying we, the, we're not, I ain't saying I'm made by the law, I mean represented by the law. If I, if, the most I displeased by my breaking of the law, what am I supposed to do? What, y'all what doing, I'm saying is, what I'm saying, saying is, my point. when I'm when the person when you when a person will understand to get the thinking like one of they gonna be confused. You know, a lot of brother, people gonna do the wrong thing. No, 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 no. You ain't gotta be going all doing all that. Just hear me out. Just say what you gotta say. Stay on the phone, listen, give feedback, you might be right. 
You might be right. You running all off. Just listen to what we got to say. What I'm saying is this. I always people do what you just did. They always go to them verses. Why do people think when it says keep the commandments, it's talking about all them stuff in the Old Testament, all that stuff don't even relate, all them 600 or whatever it is. That ain't his commandments, though. I know of a verse right now I'm thinking of where it's, it's like three commandments, and it says all the scriptures, all of the commandments hang on these three. Why do y'all want to make it more complicated? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. Believe on the uh, believe on the Messiah, and on those, on those. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, listen, hey, listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's Mark twelve and twenty nine. You precept that with Deuteronomy sixty four through seven and Leviticus nineteen seventeen. So. Brother Gabriel, I got to put you on now. We got to have some audio here now. Now, just hold on. I'm going to take you back off hold. We got like 10 minutes. We got plenty of time. But just hold on. And when I say hold on, you got to just control yourself, man. You got something to say. Just hold on. I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm going to take you off hold, and I'm going to let you have the mic. Those laws, the Bible says, hang all of the commandments. Now, if you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and body, do you think you ain't going to be keeping more than just those commandments? If you love the Lord thy God, soul, heart, body, you're not going to lie. You're not going to cheat. You're not going to do a whole lot of those laws. There actually is more laws you're going to keep if you keep those three. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and body, and your neighbor yourself, believe on the Lord, on Christ. If you do those three scriptures, those three things, you actually will be keeping way more laws than all these laws y'all feel good about, and it's in the Old Testament. Y'all are talking about 600 laws. If you keep the three laws I talked about, you might be keeping something like 3,000 laws. How come y'all don't get that? I'm going to say that again. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body. Love your neighbors yourself. Forgive me, folks, for not telling y'all where it's found, but by now everybody listening should be believers and know these scriptures. This is basic scriptures. It says, on these hang all of the law. Brother Gary, Gary, if you know where it's at, I'd appreciate you sharing with me. You still there, Brother Gary, right? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, the Bible yeah, says... Fact, I'll, read it, I'll read it for you because, as a matter of fact, it's good if you if you really get the context of it and it's really going to come through. Right, 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 right. Matthew, what I'm saying, Matthew, well, hold on, Matthew, hold on, Matthew, hold on, hold on. I'm going to read it for you, then on. you can comment. I'm hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna make this quick comment. I'm going to let you read it. I'm going to let you have the last words. we got to move fast. i got nine minutes. Real quick. All that talking one but one minute. So I'm going to be fast in that evening. Folks, please listen to me. If you keep those three commandments, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body, love your neighbor as yourself, and believe on what Christ was talking about, the gospel. If you do this, all of the commandments hang on that, on those. When he say all of the commandments, that means anything that would be deemed a commandment. And it's way, way more than 600. There's laws that we have today that weren't even around back then. Like, you don't get a sticker for your car. That's one of those commandments. Because if, if, if you love your neighbors yourself, you're going to get your vehicle up the park car to the state, so you're going to be thrown in jail because you're thrown in jail. It's just going to happen. There's a whole lot more than those laws y'all talking about, which in the Old Testament, which someone don't even relate. 
Brother Garvey, I'm taking out. Well, Brother Gary, go ahead and read that, and then Brother Garvey, I'll take you off home. It says, it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he he had to put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together because they were trying to tempt him. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment and the great commandment in the law? And Yahweh shout out Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the love the Lord thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While my, and my says, right, hang all the law and all the prophets. Now, it's kind of you when you look at those those commandments. Those come from the Ten Commandments, and and what you don't, what people don't understand, it is the only commandments for the most part. Well, not the only, but when we gave the commandments specifically, commandments that are not bound by any geography, are not bound by any other by in the laws of any other nation, because basically that's where most nations get their so-called quote-unquote moral laws from. And it's real simple. So when he says, those who keep my commandments and who have the testimony of, 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 of the Messiah, which I said earlier, those ones who overcome, well, I agree with Brother Gabriel absolutely 100% that we are to keep the commandments. But I believe this. I believe that it's the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadash, that empowers us with the ability to keep the commandment. Contrary to what a lot of, I would say, people from the church believe is to believe that they believe that means that basically that now that you know under the law, you don't have to keep the law. You don't have to keep the commandment. I don't believe that at all. Right. I be, I, anybody in the church that said it to me is loony. Again, the laws I'm talking about, if I'm writing down all the laws I would want to keep, and Brother Garvey, I'm about to take off hold in 30 seconds, he wrote all them laws down. He's going to feel probably good because he got all of them down. It's like 613, they all, 600, whatever it is. He's going to feel all comfortable and great like he got it together, right? You, you know, you probably join him, Brother Gary. I don't know. But if I write down all the laws that you're going to keep by love the Lord our God with all the heart, so mighty body, your neighbors, yourself, it might be 3,000. There's laws that wasn't even, that the Israelites didn't even have to keep back in that day. There's all kind of laws, man. If you kept all, listen, listen, listen. If you kept all of the laws of the Old Testament, do you know you'd be thrown in prison like very soon? There's some laws that don't even, if you say, I'm only going to keep the Old Testament. Well, there's some laws that the Old Testament don't cover. You will go to jail for not keeping them. You see what I'm saying? So do I believe in keeping commandments? I believe in keeping more commandments than Brother Gabriel and, and, and six other Hebrew Israelites talking about the law put together. Brother Gabriel, let me take y'all hold. Did you hear what I just said, Brother Gabriel? The amount of laws I believe in, commandments I believe in keeping, is more than six Brother Gabriels combined. But I don't have none of that. I don't, I don't have none of that gift that comes with that. We got five, four minutes, y'all. Go ahead, Brother Gabriel. Talk fast. I know That's you're all I got to say, man. I, I, I can go along and along with it. They call them the laws of Moses. That's actually a, a misnomer. Moses wrote them down. Adam had the laws. Noah had the laws. All the Yasha or the upright ones had the law. That's the key is the law came from the beginning and it shall reign forever. So you can disagree, say, I, I got 30,000 laws. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. No, let me finish. Let me finish. 
let him finish. Let him finish. And then, because he only got about a few more minutes, and you want to end it. Like, you don't want to end it that way. This is what I got to say, man. If the laws contradict the most high, like these laws that they come with, with like uh, a man is to marry a man, and things, uh, abortion is legal. Those are absolutely against the father in every way, shape, and form. Uh, sacrificing their children is more like abortion. When the angels taught the, ch- the women how to abort their children, it's been going on since the beginning, brother. So you think the most high changed? He said in Malachi 3 and 6, and Christ said in Hebrews 13 and 8. What are you thinking? What are you saying? I, you think I believe in them? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You think I believe in them? You think no, I you believe said, in not keeping those? No, you said you keep 3,000, you keep all these laws that they didn't have then. But if you look at the context of every law that the most high given that we're supposed to keep giving, minus the 200-some sacrificial law for those that are not in existence right Brother now. Brother Gabriel, Brother Gabriel, we, we got like three minutes. We got three minutes. Real quick, do you think I'm saying not to keep the law you're talking about, yes or no? I believe you pick and choose, and you feel like these laws, you said stick them in your car. If you're getting the truth, that's actually illegal. I can go into a whole bunch of stuff, but that's hidden up there. Okay, okay, I'm okay. We got man over the laws okay. of the most high. Okay, right, so this going to this gonna cut off go on us. Okay, Brother Gabriel, I'm I'm only putting you on hold because this is about to cut off in literally two minutes. Two minutes of show on your disconnect. Ain't nobody going to get to say goodbye. So I'm going to put you on hold. And uh, everybody heard you. They've been hearing you. Uh, so I'm going to put you on hold now. Thank you for what you were saying, Brother Gary. I'm going to give you the last words. But real quick, in 30 seconds, I don't know where people get this from that I don't want to keep the law of Brother Gabriel is saying. I just think if you listen to the Holy Spirit, all of the laws that Brother Gabriel is saying that you need to keep, he's going to tell you to keep them. Period. Period. I just don't believe that the Sabbath might be one I'm under certain circumstances. And so did Christ. So did David. Go try to set up the Christ and David. He's going to teach his law. Okay, you got like 30 seconds, Brother Gary. It's literally going to cut off. At, uh, okay, real quick. Exactly. Everything that Brother Gabriel just said about those people right then and there, all those people, they existed in humanity. I mean, they existed in time and space before the onset of the Messiah. People don't understand that when the Messiah's blood was shed on the cross at Calvary, or on that tree on Calvary, on the hill, that things took a dramatic change. That's one thing we have to understand. We yeah, also, have to understand. also have to understand. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.